Oh my gosh, new advertiser alert. I'm so excited to be working with Able, you guys. Mostly because it's a women-run fashion brand that empowers both the women who wear the products and who make the pieces. And Able is moving fashion forward by creating go-to wardrobe pieces that clothe women from head to toe and thoughtfully design pieces that empower them to feel like their best selves. And they're made by women around the world who are able to have dignified jobs and provide a better life for themselves and their families. And the way Able empowers their customers specifically, there's a couple things I want to tell you about. Uh, body inclusivity, their try now feature, and the size swap. I love seeing their commitment to body inclusivity because their summer collection for 2022 has 79% of their styles up to a size 3X, for example. But by fall 2023, 100% will be up to a 5X. And I think this is brilliant. They, they allow you to try now. It's an option to try on pieces at home before you buy them. Up to eight pieces for seven days. Pay zero dollars up front and only pay for what you keep. And this is so cool. Size swap. And on select styles, Able offers the option to exchange sizes for up to a year. So you can shop Able with confidence even if something changes. I'm, I'm going to run out of time. I have been sporting the Harris button-down blouse. It is like a men's style, perfect layering piece that you'll see me wearing constantly on Instagram in Italy. The Merle jacket is my plain outfit. It's like this soft, longer jean jacket. And you can see Courtney Heath looking adorable sporting the Phyllis overall that I'm thinking about moving into my rotation. But overall, I'm a little nervous. Um, anyway, and if you want to check out Able for 15% off your order, go to ableclothing.com slash be there in five and enter code be there in five at checkout. That's A-B-L-E clothing.com slash be there in five for 15% off your order today. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Be There in Five podcast. I'm Kate Kennedy, your host. It is currently Saturday morning, and I'm getting ready to, as they say, catch flights, not feelings. Am I right? I, uh, I'm hopping on a plane in a few hours and going on vacation with my family, as you'll later hear uh, Kelly and I detail, this is a trip that's been rescheduled now for the third time. That was for my parents' 40th wedding anniversary in 2020. That now that it coincides with Greg and I's fifth wedding anniversary ourselves. And it's in the location where we got married. We decided kind of recently that we were going to go too. I actually, it's just like kind of sad, but it's okay. I genuinely thought I wouldn't, um, like when it got rescheduled to 2021, I was like, well, I'll for sure be pregnant or have a kid. And then when it got rescheduled to 2022, I was like, well, I mean, there's no way. <laughs> I don't know why in like two years time, I thought I'd be like full on mother gingering with toddlers aplenty at my feet. Not that I even want that for my life, but I just like, yeah, there's no way we're going obviously May of 2022, like, uh, it's, it sounded so far away. Um, and just, I don't know, you can't put too much stock in when you'll have or accomplish certain things by certain dates. Uh, because once you get there and if you don't have those things, you know, you'll, you'll realize you still in that moment are okay. And things are still moving forward. And I think that I looked at May of 2022, still not being pregnant or with a kid being like, gosh, if... I'm available for this trip. I have bigger fish to fry. And now it's just, I don't know. It's kind of interesting how we you know, life is nothing but a constant readjustment of expectations. Right. But I feel grateful to have the opportunity to go on this trip, especially if in the next year we can figure out the kid thing. Um, I know some of you like to travel with, you know, 
bambinos, but I can't keep track of my AirPods. So I don't know if taking a baby on a plane is for me. But anyway, as many of you know, um, Italy has become a special place for my family over the years. Um, I studied abroad in Southern Italian speaking Switzerland in Lugano, Switzerland, got married about 90 miles south of there in a town called Verena. Um, and my parents had actually never been to Italy before they visited me when I studied abroad. And it was such a special, I don't know, it was kind of a, a really pivotal moment in my like burgeoning adulthood. I think them seeing me be able to like speak Italian and navigate and travel on my own and show them the ropes. And we just had like this amazing time. I never drank wine with my parents before. And it was just, it was so cool when they came to visit me and was kind of like a turning point. And um, after that, throughout like the 2010s, strangely, we've gone a few times and went with Greg and I went by ourselves. We went with my family once. We went with Greg's family once when Greg's sister was studying abroad. Then we ended up getting married like I said, in a town called Verena. Uh, and no, nobody believes me when I say this because it was so much cheaper than getting married in the States. And our friends, like at the time, we were kind of on the later side of getting married. And we had been going to so many weddings that were almost like, they were lovely, but like indiscernible and a fortune. And we kind of wanted more of an experience. Um, and, you know, our friends didn't have kids yet, but had disposable income. And I think we kind of hit it at the right time. And we cleared it with our non-negotiable people like a year and a half. But anyways, it was like this amazing experience. And after our wedding, uh, we just, you know, wanted to like, as a family, make sure we were, it's whenever your sad something's over, you want to make sure you're like coming back. Um, and my parents ever since then really have been planning this like epic 40th anniversary trip. And I mean, my parents will be there for like a month, but, um, my siblings, and myself um, and Greg are tagging along for to meet them at a, a house they rented in Umbria for a week. Um, my f family were big wine tasters and um, we've done Tuscany before, but wanted to uh, try something different and noticed that a lot of uh, Italians we would talk to like, I'm always interested, like, in vacation destinations, where are the people that live their vacation? Like, from what I gather, the locals I spoke to were more likely to go to Lake Garda than Lake Como, more likely to wine taste in Umbria than Tuscany or whatever. So, yeah, I think we're staying in Umbria, but it's kind of, like, at the intersection of Perugia, Umbria, Tuscany. So we're going to, like, hop around some smaller towns, your Orvietos, your Assisi's, maybe um, Cortona, and uh, we're going to go to Montepulciano, which is in Tuscany. Um, but I haven't actually been there. And as you all well know, that's where the Twilight movies were filmed. So, you know, that's obviously what one should prioritize when they go to Italy. <laughs> it, Montepulciano is where they filmed the scenes for Volterra. Um, so I'll let you know if I see the Volturi. I am interested in a red cloak. I don't know if they sell those as like tourist merch, but that would be fierce to sell. So yeah, I'm excited. Um, it's also a funny thing where I even feel weird talking about like travel. It feels braggy and feels strange. I mean, I am freeloading off a trip that my parents worked hard to, you know, save for and plan. Uh, they're both retired. I think the times are a bit trying in the world and I just, I don't know. Uh, I'm hoping it'll help me process some of my rage, maybe gain some perspective. I don't know, you guys. 
But I was thinking about this because do you, like the, the, the 2010s in the world of travel were a wild time that started that were really shaped by the curation of Instagram and traveling for the gram and travel influencers and, you know, the hot vacation destinations became such a function of the, not necessarily the best places to go for like an incredible, you know, cultural experience, but people targeting places deliberately for the documentation and for like the photo and every, like there were so many phases of travel in the 2010s where influencers and that would kind of trickle down to the, you know, disposable income normals uh, would obsess over these certain locations and do the same things. Like I feel like it was, you know, Thailand and then Croatia and then Iceland, especially after that layover program. I feel like right before we hit the pandemic, it was starting to be like Japan, but like Kyoto. And I don't know. I remember like early on, there was almost this, uh, superiority complex and moralizing of whether a person does or does not travel. And there's this way people used to speak that I don't see as much anymore that I'm grateful for that would kind of suggest that those who travel were the morally superior. They were the ones interested in collecting experiences and other cultures. They were the ones that were, you know, personally developing and prioritizing their intellectual growth. I know I've talked about this a million times, but I've never done a standalone episode that's kind of travel oriented. And you know that I just, I now look back on things like eat well, travel often. And it's like, thank you. I, I'd love to, um, you know, don't, not everyone uh, can. Just traveling for pleasure is an immense and expensive privilege. But also, how are you telling me to eat well? Mom, my entire for you page is about my gut health. I don't care about my gut health, you guys. I just, I don't know why I'm being targeted for this. I don't even consume the content. In my gut, I know that these are not the videos for me and I skip right over them. But see, people are still insisting on sharing. And I'm just, <laughs> I, just I, I don't want to know what you eat in a day. I don't want to be told what to eat in a day. I don't, like, we, I'm just, I'm, I'm only interested in food for thought on the internet. I, I'm just, something lately about, I feel like there's a, a lot of virtue signaling about being like body positive or body neutral, but it's just like everybody's like deep seated problems being, you know, translated into something like healthy and empowering. But I feel like they're projecting their issues on other people. I'm not going to name names. But when you like caption photos with travel is the only thing you buy that makes you richer. It's like, okay. <laughs> It's ironic they call it a trust fund because you can't trust these bitches. You really can't. If you're, the phenomenon of captioning things that people did not realize they sounded so incredibly entitled and out of touch. Like you just like, yeah, you were probably stewing in a level of disposable income that, you know, was providing you an uninspired existence. So when you funneled that money into going beautiful places, staying in nice resorts and or having really cool, unique experiences where you got to see other ways of living from your incredibly narrow worldview. Like, yeah, that is enriching. It does not make you physically rich in a way that like, you know, your memories pay your rent, but okie doke. But it just really was a funny time where it was almost moralized. Like, 
you going to Santorini made you a person that was more uh, open to other cultures, ways of living and was, you know, prioritized adventure and stepping out of your comfort zone more than other people. It's like, no, literally the only difference between me and you is you could afford to go. <laughs> and that's really cool. But don't act like other people's life experiences are like less valid or enriching uh, simply because there's a price barrier to entry with that means of learning more about other cultures. Like, do some people not want to travel? Like, sure. But I, I think by and large, you know, most people would spend their time and money getting to see the world if they could. Um, and I feel like we kind of got out of that mode, which was good. And, you know, as we started to realize that that was maybe an out of touch way to exist, but I, th I think that I don't even think that we understand how embedded into our psyche, into our expectations, travel like photography is and travel, not even travel bloggers or travel influencers, just like regular bloggers, influencers, whether it's, you know, a brand trip or one of their many family vacations or whatever, like the way influencers travel really does like modify your expectations in ways you're not even realizing that kind of sets you up for failure because you don't realize how incredibly expensive and clunky travel is because a lot of what they're doing is either comped or expensed or they just make a lot of money and are willing to splurge on it for the sake of the content uh, but also like, you know, you're not seeing the parts of travel that are actually like quite unpleasant that I don't feel like we even like talk enough about. And I hesitated to do this episode because I actually think something I actually really find deeply uninteresting is like people complaining about their travel, especially in real time. Nothing's more grating than a, a celebrity that like barely has a social media presence deciding to, you know, take up the rare, rare, uh, verbal real estate by, you know, tweeting American airlines. Like no one gives a shit. They lost your bag. Uh, no one gives a shit that you have jet lag. I'm sorry. You can't time travel. Like to complain about jet lag for a trip you take for pleasure is a level of comical that I just, I can't deal. Uh, and like, I am like that. I think that's, what's so funny though, is that like, tr Travel woes are super frustrating in real time in ways that feel consuming that you think other people will relate to because they've experienced that feeling before. But it's just like, it's kind of like telling somebody about your dream last night. Like you had to be there. Nobody cares. Like it's just, it's not, she's not usually adding value to the conversation. Ironically, when Kelly, like right at, before Kelly and I recorded this, her, her flight, she was flying before me because she booked a while before me because like I said, I wasn't going to go until the last minute. Um, and her flight got canceled and it was like the second leg of her flight that was technically through like a partner airline. So they just canceled her flight and like passed off the reservation to a partner airline. And they created the most effing confusing situation. We were on the phone, no joke for minimum eight hours. <laughs> like, spending a lot of time on hold, but like with both airlines and everyone was passing us off to one another. It was like genuinely the most maddening travel situation I've ever been in. And it wasn't even on my behalf, but I was pretending to be Kelly and we each had it in one earbud at times you're we talking to the different airlines, trying to get them to talk through the phones. Like it was just, it, I don't know, it was very like dramatic and frustrating and I'm sharing because I don't, and I don't know if this worked, but I think I got this idea from like TikTok. 
I, we were hitting a wall and they were like, sorry, we cannot help you because basically like United passed off her reservation to Swiss air because they were the one that canceled the second leg. And they're like, not our problem. We don't want to be liable for it, but it was booked and like ticketed and paid for through United. And they were kind of like, it's not our problem. And, but Swiss air like didn't, couldn't even, they, they, the confirmation number wasn't with them. They were like, this reservation doesn't even exist. It was just like the most confusing thing ever. And we were getting nowhere and we're about to hang up and just like, hope we could get a refund and then just like rebook a ticket. Cause like nobody was working with us. And my sis, like, this is not a flex. Just we're two people that travel a lot for work. Like we're both United gold status, which is like not nothing. Like we've spent a lot of money with them and uh, it just like, d it doesn't matter. Like we were just getting treated like complete shit and for a mistake that wasn't ours. And uh, the reason I bring this up is because I saw a TikTok about this and I don't know if this is why, but it might've helped if anybody ever runs into this. Um, when I was like reading through our, the, like we're reading through your terms of service, uh, trying to better understand our rights. And we know that you are on the hook for this ticket. And then like, they finally like escalated, worked it out in ways that they just like weren't before. And I swear to God, like they're the, course of action like protocol in front of people is like just to get you off the phone and never ever suggest any liability for things that happen but like they are you just like have to kind of be relentless and this for us was to the tune of an entire day we could have like spent hanging out and doing fun stuff and enjoying our time together but like I, I don't know. It just was frustrating. Anyway, so I feel like our vibe in this episode is kind of coming off like, Ugh, but I, we didn't want to complain about like our travel woes. So we crowdsourced on Instagram, like, you know, what are your, some of your travel pet peeves? And the joke is I was kind of expecting a broader scope, but I should have known that most people are just going to complain, complain about like airplanes and airports, which whatever. I feel like in this context, it's like fun and light and hopefully not redundant and annoying because even people that were submitting to the crowdsource were like, must be nice to travel enough to have pet peeves. And here's the thing. Again, I get it. Um, but also, I don't know if any of you guys in vague marketing jobs or have ever been consultants or whatever, but like Kelly, I used to do a form of consulting work. Kelly's like a, a true consultant. And like, I actually don't think you view it the same when you are, when you have to travel for work a lot of times you don't want to be traveling for work and you're kind of frustrated at how much of your personal time traveling takes up that like you're technically off the clock. Right. And when you're traveling a lot for work, it's like, I guess a, like a privilege, but also, I don't know, like I, it, it, people don't always want to be away from their families and their homes and their pets. And it can be really inconvenient and you can go really not glamorous places and you never see the cities and you just pretty much see airports and conference rooms. And the only thing that makes that process tolerable, especially when I was doing like a Monday to Thursday thing, uh, like every week having to go somewhere else is like having the process streamlined with pre-check with first class upgrades, with having your airport routine, with going to a lounge with, you know what I mean? So I will say, I think Ke Kelly and I have a bit of airplane airport snobbery, but it's in the context of being forced to travel for work and just wanting to have the experience be as pleasant as possible for the context. It's not that we're just bitching about leisure travel. Now I, you know, this past year I traveled a ton for track five, which was elective, even though it is still my job. Um, but you know, it, it just is interesting how 
you kind of view it differently when it's like for pleasure versus kind of like a means to an end. And uh, I just hope, you know, I, I hope, you know, like we're kind of doing a bit here and like going in on travel complaints for the sake of entertainment, but we're not, we're not like monsters, you know? And even later I talk about business class and I was like, should I delete this part? But what, <laughs> what I'm saying is I, I've, I've never in my life paid for a business class ticket, but I've owned a biz like a, a company and still do that has to spend a lot sometimes and I will optimize airline miles. So I flew business class for my wedding and I am today. I think later on I'm talking about how like, it's so hard for me to sleep on a plane that to minimize uh, the like issues with time difference and not be like exhausted when I get there and start my trip off on the right foot, like to give myself the best chance to do that, I would need to lay down. So I will like jump through hoops, do any sort of point wizardry I can to figure out a way to get a seat that lies down. Um, not even like to be fancy, just like out of pure function, but my husband hates those seats and won't even uh, sit in them. So we don't even sit together on long haul flights and we get, I'll get into that later. Um, but yeah, since we were, she was here on a long layover and we were dealing with a lot of travel stuff and we're about to go on our first trip since COVID, we figured maybe we'll theme an episode and uh, go through some Be There in Five listeners travel woes and also influencer behaviors that you just find perplexing when you watch them share their adventures on the internet. I find so many things perplexing. I think one of the craziest things that I didn't realize is that a lot of times when people take photos at really touristy spots that look so beautiful, they either go at like 5 a.m. when no one's there or they Photoshop out the people and that pisses me off. Like I said earlier, I really think that there's a problem with mismanaging people's expectations and then people are going to spend their hard-earned money and be disappointed when a place is crowded. And I think an example, a great example of something that is so breathtakingly beautiful, but I mean, so littered with people trying to have their Lena Caligaris moment is Santorini. I, like many young millennial women, fled to the blue-capped buildings in hopes of finding a vacation megahati after I saw Rory Gilmore's, you know, breakout film role in Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. I wanted to timeshare denim. I wanted to find a hot boyfriend named Costas. I wanted to ride on a donkey and have the sunset kind of uh, beam through the translucence of my gauzy linens as I kiss my vacation boyfriend underneath the windmill. I don't care if you self-identify as Alina or a Mama Mia, but in b between those two millennial cultural touchstones, I don't see how you wouldn't have gone through a phase of your life romanticizing uh the version of you that could exist in the Greek islands. Um, so yeah, I answered the call. I made the millennial pilgrimage. I, 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 I went to Santorini only to find that the, you know, unlike Lena Caligaris, in my case, the coast dust was clear and there was not a interested male party in sight. I, I really thought I'd be a hot commodity when I studied abroad, but I mostly just got drunk with Australians that would buy me Jaeger bombs or Red Bull vodkas in hostel bars like Balmer's in um, Interlochen. That's an insular reference that anybody who studied abroad in between probably 2002 and 2012 
uh, will understand because somehow I find it deeply comical and so American that we when a lot of you know young privileged college students get their chance to like see the world and travel abroad and like study in somewhere like a Florence or whatever they still manage to somehow all do the exact same stuff. Uh, but yeah, I also think like I, I had the ability, you know, in college to travel Europe when I did not have money and we were scraping and sharing hostels with strangers and, um, you know, doing the, like almost there, there's a point in your life where you're young enough and you're just so, you know, thirsty for experiences that like, there's almost a romanticizing or an appreciation of having to like budget and scrape to get by and, you know, nickel and dime train tickets and hostels and every split group meal and get full on bread and, you know, corrosive grocery store table wine and piazzas. And like, I, 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 that experience was like so, so important in my personal development. And I like loved it. And it was so meaningful. Obviously I went back to get married there. And cause I, and I, and I the whole time I was like, this is so romantic. And I just dreamed of being in love. And at that point I'd been treated so horribly by boys. I had just like committed to, you know, if I ever, if somebody ever loved me, I would wanted to come back and experience all these amazing things with them. So that's why a big reason why Greg and I have like gone back to Italy and got married there and stuff. But um, I do think part of the reason I'm kind of um, finicky about travel now is because like I did the barely getting by thing and now I'm just too old and I've worked too hard and I've come too far. And I just, if I'm going to take the time off and I'm going to travel and I'm going to do the thing, I want to enjoy it. And I don't want to go to the nicest place and have the shittiest room and not be able to afford to eat there, which is what happened to us in Hawaii a couple of years ago. Uh, We were like, at this beautiful resort for a wedding, but like in a garden view and splitting like a plate of fries for lunch. That was $18. And it's just like, I don't want to do this if I can't do it right. So I'm just always trying to figure out like, what can I afford and how can I feel like taking care of and like, you know, Anna Delvey, it's VIP. Uh, but in a way that's like, you know, for people that aren't splashing out at every turn, like it, you just, sometimes I'm just like, I don't understand this, if there's like a comfortable middle ground where something feels like genuinely high end and nice, but is within a budget. Again, once you look up what most like suites and really nice rooms with views at most hotels cost, you're so confused how often people seem to be dropping, you know, 10, 15 grand on a whim for like a long weekend in a spot where it seems like they mostly just like took pictures and did outfit changes. But anyways, I digress. What was I talking about? Oh yeah, wait, Santorini. Okay, again, lucky to have gone. But and Santorini is a great example of a place that is very beautiful. Does look like the photos, but if you go in a peak season, it is so fucking crowded. You're almost irritated by those photos because they completely misrepresent something that makes it seem like quiet and secretive and villagey and intimate and like you're just one with the locals but you're kind of like at a it's so crowded it's almost like you're on a universal studio set that was built to look like Santorini (laughs) again and I know that okay before I get into this I mean I am into this but um 
for the exercise of this episode, and since my sister's on later, kind of like what we did for the uh, the rent, uh, when we talked about being renters and like the things we look for in a house, it's like, we don't feel sorry for ourselves. We know we're very privileged and lucky. Um, but we also like, you know, you expect things in life and think you'll be at a certain place and you get older and you make more money and you kind of realize like, oh, it doesn't, it doesn't like accumulate the way you think it is. And, or you never develop a level of comfort to spend it. Uh, as egregiously as other people seem to. And then you just like wonder, geez, they must make a lot of money. But like, do they? Um, <laughs> and I, I don't know if any of you, of you relate to this. It's like, even as you get older, find more financial success, freedom, whatever, like it's just never, it's seldom is it at the level where you're living like the people you see on the internet uh, that make their lifestyle seem so normal. But when you, price it out, you realize it's so incredibly unattainable. And at times it will mismanage your expectations. And this happens with, you know, new construction and housing and people, the way people decorate their homes so fast and so beautifully. And it also happens with travel in the way like piecemeal, you know, highlight reel shots of somebody traveling in a lay down seat and then getting a floating breakfast at a beautiful resort and, you know, aerial view of room service with the French press, uh, Parisian, Juliet balcony with the Eiffel tower view, like, you know, all these amazing outfits, a flick of a maxi skirt and a photo from below on a stunning coastline and a very high heel, despite being in a mostly cobblestone laden area. I, you know, you just, you look at like the way people travel. And then I, every time I look up, luxury hotel prices. I'm like, holy shit, who is paying over a grand a night for like, it? and it's, and it's not even like the suite. It's not even like the cottage. It's just like one up from the garden view. And you realize that all the influencers are getting upgraded or getting comped and it's not always super clear. And they're representing something as attainable that is complete, a complete departure from a regular person's experience there uh, that isn't getting special treatment, that isn't getting champagne sent up to their room, that isn't in the nicest room that they have. And it makes us like obsess and romanticize over things and potentially pursue them. And it always really bothers me because if there's anything that people really look forward to and put a lot of stock in and like save up for, it's it's travel. And I've had so many situations where I am deeply disappointed by accommodations that aren't what they seem online. And I get really mad thinking of how much people look forward to trips and how hard they work and save up for it. And to think that like, I don't know, it just, it pisses me off to think of travel being like totally misrepresented in a way that people would try to attain it and then be left disappointed when they've looked forward to and like saved up for something, you know? obviously there are bigger problems in this world, but like, it's so hard to like meaningfully change your life. And it's so hard to control what's going on around you. And it's like, we can't always rely on career milestones or personal milestones that involve other people. And I think trips are like one of those important things that can keep people afloat. And it's you kind of will assign like this level of expectation or hope to it and the new person you'll be after this life-changing experience and you know often sometimes your expectations are met or exceeded but I think oftentimes we find that like 
we, you know, we can't travel away from our problems. The, there's a lot about, you know, flights and transit and hotels and carrying luggage and check-in times and all the things that's like very clunky. And there's a lot of like downtime and stress and confusion. And I don't know, I think I've learned just kind of not put all my like hopes and dreams in a trip. And just to remember that, like, it's, you know, you see everybody with like their really cute outfits and their light colored suitcases that aren't scuffed and, you know, wearing like heels and all, you know, they're with a fresh blowout. And, and I think about like, actually like European train traveling and I'm like, you're so sweaty. You're constantly putting your bags on like dirty surfaces, having to, you know, roll things over cobblestones. You have to wear a sensible shoe. <laughs> like, I, the, you know, the, the glamour just is not there for me in ways it seems to be for other people. So I've just like tried to stop obsessing over my outfits and looks and just to like be comfortable, look cute, keep it simple, not overthink it. And to realize like when I look back on my trips and travels, like I remember long dinners over you know, delicious house wine. I remember beautiful views. I remember, you know, I don't, I don't remember museums or churches. Like I, I've told you, I want my travel show to be killing time between meals with Kate. Cause that's what I do when I travel. And I, I, I just like to be immersed in, you know, another place in another culture around other people and to just like make a memory. And it's just, looking back, it's just the, the photos do not matter. The outfits do not matter. Getting the perfect Instagram post does not matter. It's like instant gratification, dopamine hit of like, look, I'm in this beautiful place. Aren't I awesome? And people being like, hard eyes, hard eyes, hard eyes, jealous. And it's just, you know, I just don't even know what the point is, guys. I don't even know what I'm saying. They don't call it wander love. They call it wander lust. It's like, it leaves us wanting for more. It's not fulfilling. <laughs> And I think that I forgot this is the thing about the tra the way influencers travel bothers me. And I've kind of had forgotten about it in, since we had been in like COVID mode. And now it's like we're doing the trips and, you know, the first class pods with the feet up all over again. And well, I'm happy for people. I'm just like, it is interesting how this doesn't really have, add value to your day when you see other people's streamlined, luxurious travel. And it more so makes the element of social media that I think it can be incredibly toxic for your psyche worse, which is the, the, the third place it provides you mentally that is not your home. It is not your work. It is simply this abstract somewhere else. And I think there are any time we allow ourselves to be too caught up in or to over romanticize the idea of being somewhere else. It's when I try to catch myself, there used to be this popular quote, like on instant mess, like away messages and like travel captions where it was like, I'm in love with cities I've never been to and people I've never met. And it's like, um, <laughs> okay, Savage Garden. I knew I loved you before I met you like a little aggressive. Uh, but what you're basically saying is I'm way more interested in things I don't even know exist that I haven't even experienced yet in theory than I am in practice with the people and places around me, which is actually like a really shitty disposition. And I do think the like wander lusty mentality of like needing more, wanting for more, wanting to be somewhere else, needing to see the things, needing to get the photo, needing to look the cutest, like the kind of, uh, Instagram travel industrial complex where that makes you focus on the way you document, curate and perform your vacation uh, more so than the way you experience it is actually a bit sad to me and something I try to be mindful of. I was reading an article. 
Maybe I was listening to a podcast. I was just reading an article listening to a podcast. You know, that's a millennial work site. That's how we lead out every sentence. I, I don't know which one. Um, and someone brought up how like there was this upheaval of commentary in the early 20th century from people who thought cars were the would be the demise of society in the same way many people think like phones are. And when you think about it, like for all the way automobiles provided convenience, they also share something with phones and social media that was like kind of the start in the early 20th century, which is that it's a it's technology that gives you the ability to go elsewhere and to escape the moment you're in. And when cars first came out, they were really concerned with people not being present because they could go somewhere else. And I think that's a really interesting tidbit because I think that's what we're always facing now, just in like an exponentially more intensified sense of always seeing things in front of us that we're going to perceive as more appealing than where we are right now. And that technology for all the ways it advances communication and improves our lives. It also like runs the risk of, you know, you running from yourself, not being present, romanticizing other people's situations and, always thinking that there's somewhere better you could be. And I think travel content does this and uh, actually can be one of the things on social media that like gets in my head the most. It makes me feel the most jealous weirdly. And I just, sometimes when people are like having the best time in the cutest outfits with all their fun friends, I'm quick to think that I'm not doing enough or my life isn't cool or I don't have cool enough photos of things or whatever, you know, we all do it. And I guess all I'm saying is even though we're talking about travel, even though I'm about to go on a trip, I just want to remind you that like, it, this is less of an effort to complain, but more of an effort to, you know, highlight all the ways that travel is not always super pleasant and ideal. And when I, Kelly and I were going through these things, I wasn't romanticizing being elsewhere. I was thinking, wow, it is nice to be in bed and not amidst a travel delay or a, crotch in your face during a bin rummage or to have anxiety buying an $18 cocktail by the pool. You know, if, if you're not in a season of life where you can afford to eat well, travel often, don't worry. Your time will come. It's not always that great. And even though we know we're very lucky, privileged, bless all the things, please know. Uh, sometimes it just feels, feels, good to, feels good to complain. This is a rambly weird 40 minute intro that did not need to happen where I said literally nothing, but I'm delaying packing. I got to go take my young son to see his friends. He's going to daycare. I got to finish packing and uh, I am taking next week off. Hope you don't mind. There are like 120 bonus episodes on patreon.com slash be there in five. If you like need to hear from me, though, I can't imagine you, you don't miss me much. Uh, just please come back the week after. Um, and I hope everybody has a great week. Thank you for allowing me to take some time off, even though it is hardly a job I need time off from because I love it so dearly. But it's always good to reset, gain some perspective, have some new experiences and to see what comes out of my mouth when I have full bodied red wines pulsing through my veins. So wish me luck. And uh, I will talk to you soon. Enjoy this episode with Kelly. Bye. Hi, everybody. We are back with one Kelly Kennedy, who I don't... Oh, no, you were on recently when we talked about 
things in rent, you know, as renters we wanted to complain about. And I wanted to complain again today. We're in trying times. So Kelly Kennedy, welcome back to the podcast. Well, gosh, girl, thanks so much for having me. You know, why not spend um, a little extra time that I have here in Chicago uh, complaining right here with you? Because you, this is your first time since I've moved at the house. So I just first want to start with a shout out because um, this setup that you have for me is out of this world. You have a welcome basket that has dry shampoo, a hairbrush, wine, uh, Sour Patch gummies uh, that taste like Prosecco, um, snacks, whatever these honey mustard pretzels are. Dots pretzels. Oh my gosh. I've never had anything better. dollar valuation. We don't need to reinvent the wheel as entrepreneurs, you know, like just make a delicious pretzel and get a bill. Well, I'm like trying to think of what are the things I love that I can, yeah, just make a, a, a smidge better. I know. And I do want to ask you, you know, as Tugboat encroaches your room, did you close your door? You know, I think I did. Yes. He's very interested in your suitcase. He really loves my suitcase. He also loves to snuggle up with me while I'm typing. Uh, Tugboat has, does this thing where he knows exactly what you need to be doing and inserts himself. And particularly, he likes to put his paw on the delete key. <laughs> It's really helpful. Do you want to go check to be sure? Should Kelly? I? <laughs> Probably. Yeah, you know, my friend Marissa came to visit me and she loves tub- Tugboat. And within five minutes, he put his nose in a small opening in her suitcase, took out her underwear and ran around the house for 20 minutes. So he's not the best with house guests. Um, <laughs> there he is. We're so proud he's of perfect. you, Tugboat. Um, so it, no, thank you. Oh my gosh. Room. I am so, so anyways, it was so kind of you to do that. But then on top of that, I have this wonderful, uh, cool, cool top mattress that is perfect for me of all people. I do wish Helix was sponsoring this episode. Oh. It would have been a great lead in. <laughs> it actually would have. Cause I really mean that authentically. <laughs> Excuse Talk you. We just started. <laughs> Come on, bro. I, so anyways, I'm, I'm, and your house truly is beautiful. When I pulled up, it was you. super late and I was like, oh, that's her because of the twinkle lights. It was amazing. I do have twinkle lights on the front of the house, which I know isn't for everybody, but this is our place. We make the rules. You do make the rules. <laughs> and darn it, I love that this is a neighborhood where like other people have twinkle lights out too. And it's just such a fun, cute area. Yeah. I have gotten lost every time I've gone out. I think I know where I am and I don't. I do too. This is the first place I've lived that's so neighborhoody. There aren't a lot of businesses or, or like points of interest to like yes. anchor my walks. Yes. Which is great for like long walks when I'm editing. Um, but yeah, if any of you guys are familiar with like kind of West Lakeview or North Center, like there's kind of this area of Chicago where people are really committed to twinkle lights from their house to the tree on the sidewalk. And it's, I don't know, it's, it's, it's magical. It's really charming. And I really like I it. And it. I, my neighbor did tell me, um, well, number one, my neighbor probably doesn't listen to the podcast where I'm 90% sure I got oh, mad that her right. daughter wouldn't put her coat on. Yes. I still don't know if that's her or not, but we finally met and she's like, oh yeah, we all love to like drink on the street and talk. Mm. So I'm really, I'm, I'm, I need, I need you to come back to help me forge some friendships because sometimes Greg will take the dog out and I notice that the neighbor kids will ask to play with the dog and I'll just watch Greg through the blinds. Cause you know, consolidate yeah. your belongings. Yeah. Like I, I'm worried I'm going to mess it up with the children. <laughs> Girl. <laughs> Um, no, I would love to come back. I would love to come just hang out and, you know, make friends either with the adults or the kids. Poor Kelly and Megapine. So he, he's just staring at you. I know. Do you want to, uh, do you want to come up here? Like, will you, would you maybe I pick him up? Yeah. Sorry. You know, if this is a clunkier recording, uh, 
We're recording on, oh, now he's happy with Kiwi. Um, we're recording on our, our way out. So long story short, per today's topic, um, well, actually, my parents planned a trip a long time ago for 2020, which was technically their 40th, 40th wedding anniversary. Mm-hmm. And in 2020, I was like, yeah, cool. I'll come. And you're like, I'll come. We're, you know, we're just yeah. going to freeload like we do best. <laughs> and then the pandemic happened. And we're like, cool. Well, I was like, maybe we'll go in 2021. But I was like, oh, deaf. have a kid by then. And then um, that got canceled. And then this trip, I was like, there's no way in hell I won't be pregnant or with a child. So I'm definitely not coming. And then two weeks ago, three weeks ago, yeah. Greg and I were like, well, here we are. <laughs> and we will now be coming. And we kind of planned last minute to insert ourselves. And now my whole family's going. So we're going to go. Uh, my parents rented a house in Umbria, which is kind of a cool wine tasting region that's a little more different and, uh, you know, fuller bodied, more chewy wines than Tuscany. Uh, that was the douchiest thing I've ever said. Um, and then we're going to go, go to uh, uh, Verena in Lake Como, where I got married afterward, which ironically, my parents will also be there too for and our anniversary sister. and my sister. I'll be there for two nights, I think. Well, it was funny because I was like, Greg and I are going on an anniversary trip. And then I mentioned the whole family was going there like chicken or egg. Like, is your, are your parents coming on your anniversary? And I was like, well, there's, there are a lot of ways I have to backtrack here to say that I got married in Italy. And then my parents came on and my sister came on our honeymoon because we in tandem without talking about it, my husband surprise planned a Tuscan honeymoon that was very close to the trip you and my parents plan after it. And if you haven't heard this story before, on the first day of Greg and I's honeymoon, (laughs) we went on a a Tuscan tour where a small white van pulls up and picks us up. And they said, oh, we have to pick up um, four more people in San Gimignano to round out this six-person tour. And we jokingly were like, it'll probably be (laughs) my sister, mom, dad, and uncle. And sure enough, it was. Oh, it was. (laughs) Because I probably married my dad (laughs) and they did these... They are both aggressive researchers and, you know, perpetrators of of quality in everything they do. It was such a high quality tour. That whole day, right, the whole experience was amazing. I'm sure, I mean, it was at least for the four of us. I don't know how you and Greg felt having us tag along, but I would have rather had you four there than strangers. Yeah. It was like, it it was so nice to share the experience. Yeah. But what was funny is, uh, long story short, when we got dropped off, they, um, (laughs) it turns out that, uh, you're not supposed to do tours wherever this woman that was taking us around pulled into. So my mom, dad, sister, and uncle get out of the car and they're home free. And all of a sudden the cops pull us over and Greg and I are still in the car because we have to get dropped off at our hotel. And the Italian authorities take Greg and I's passports. I think they took my driver's license. They take all our information. We proceed to wait there for over a half hour. And I don't know, like, I'm thinking, Amanda Knox, this government is ruthless. I'm donezo. We don't know what happened. And you, mom, dad, and uncle Bill say, bye. Great to see you. Have a nice evening. (laughs) Well, I was pulled over by the authorities. My own honeymoon. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I know. I think, well, in uh, at least I don't want to speak for the other three. In my defense, I'd been drinking all day. And <laughs> I thought you were going to give a meaningful defense. You're like, oh, in my defense, I was hand boned. Yeah, I was, I was drinking. That was like, I just was like, it's time to go home. I'm going to bed. You know, that was top of mind for me. And I'm very sorry. Would I do that to you now? Yeah. Time will tell. <laughs> time will tell. So I'm going to get the dog a bone. Yeah. Brief interruption by tugboat. Um, So anyway, 
we are very uh, lucky and excited to be going on a uh, our first, you know, trip post pandemic. And it's like very exciting and fun to be able to like travel with your parents, you know, like as oh, adults yeah. and just do experience things together. You know, family vacations are like more chaotic when you're younger. And I've just, as we've talked about concerned with like getting a boyfriend and getting a puka shell necklace and the toe ring. Well, you obviously care about the things that matter most. So can we just acknowledge how we, how we really, the, the lore of meeting hot guys on the oh. beach. Did you ever meet hot guys on the beach? N- never. Like, Almost never. It's always like families and older right. people. And like, I think that we both wanted to be able to go home and tell our friends we like made out with some guy we Obviously. met on vacation and it never happened. But like, I, I held out hope every year. I agree. And and for no reason. I, I, <laughs> no. But I'm trying to remember, was that something that was romanticized in movies or shows? Or is it just? <sighs> That's a good question. I think it's kind of like 90s surfer culture, just like paired with, you know, who you are at school doesn't matter on vacation. That's what fair. if you meet a guy in Sanderling, North Carolina, who really sees you for who you are <laughs> for the first time. And, and you know what, that I'm sure that has happened to people. Wait, I'm, I wonder, because there are some like fun ways that people met. I wonder if there's anybody that actually ever met yeah. either a spouse or like a significant, had a significant relationship because of meeting at the beach or on vacation. I would love like to on a cruise. If, I, okay, I would love your stories about vacation romance and also sustainable vacation friendships. Like, do, did you keep in touch with you know Ron and and Linda from the Sandals? <laughs> um, okay, do you probably? I was about to ask if you remember, but you were two, so probably not. Um, when we went to Topsail for the first time, I remember. I just had this flashback. I met a girl. I was what, six? Uh-huh. And I met a girl and I remember asking for her number and I grabbed dad, one of dad's books and had her write her phone number in the- Like a John Grisham book. novel? Like, yes, it's like a John Grisham <laughs> novel. And I just remembered that and I have no idea if I ever called her. <laughs> I was- uh, If you're I, listening. Dad, to dad, you and dad love a bee tree. You, you guys were really into uh, James Patterson novels for a while there. Still. He's an excellent author. Is he? I haven't read any of his books, if I'm honest. Well, and honestly, I've switched more to Audible. Like, you know, I don't read as much, but I do listen to a lot of uh, those types of like shows and books. Audible is such an invention because I remember like our dad will sit on the beach and he'll probably go through like a book a day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to travel with books like Cameron Diaz on her first class lay down seat in the holiday. Remember the stack of hardcover? I was like, true luxury is being unbothered by traveling with hardcover books. Well, imagine how much that weighs to have to bring that on the plane. Well, it's like when Courtney and I sat by Nastia Lukin on a plane to Dallas. Oh yeah. And then she had like a private valet meet her carry, and carry her shit all the way to her car and we're like what a life so you're you're famous but you're not like j-lo right how do i get that treatment in right. this life right that's a great question i don't know how do you get that treatment but i think what what kelly and i were talking about it's kind of like the rent conversation and you guys were very understanding with that one in that like listen, we're both professional women who are proud of our careers and we make a good living. But what we've learned about adulthood is you get to a point where you're like, oh, 
there's money and then there's money. Like, yeah. And, and you can have so much, like so many blessings and privilege to even get to experience things. But you realize there's a disconnect between what you see online and how other people live and the actual reality of producing that on your own. And I, I feel that with real estate and I feel that with travel mm-hmm. because people make things look so beautiful and curated in a way that when you try to achieve it, you're like, wait a second, this is to the tune of thousands and thousands of dollars that aren't, aren't worth it all of a sudden, but you still feel annoyed by falling short. Right. <laughs> Even though you know you're objectively lucky. Right. Oh, absolutely. And it, it, but it's like that every time, whether it's like booking a plane ticket or even looking for somewhere to go or looking at resorts or hotels, it's like, I get so upset that I'm like, this is the adventure that I want. Right. <laughs> but realistically, this is what I can have. And yes, I am very fortunate to then go and do what I can have, but there's a part of me that's always jealous. I want to so like, jealous. I, all I want in life is to go to one of those huts on the water, whether it's Fiji mm. or somewhere in the Caribbean and just, you know, live amongst the, the ocean waves. Now, I also realize though, that means that I would probably d- be deprived of a sailing fan and a uh, cable. So I don't know if I can do it. One of my questions for you was, do you think over the water huts are all they're cracked up to be? And would I go and be very bored? Well, that's what I, that's what I think my realization is. Like, I want this Could so you bad, disconnect? but, but do I, because mm. what would I do? I mm. mean, now I am someone though who can lay in the sun all day and be ha- content, right? Mm-hmm. Like I know that, mm-hmm. but at some point, what else is like, what else are, is there to do? And I don't know because I have never been. Well, that's why I think that huts are for Travis and Courtney levels of star-crossed yeah. lovers that are entertained by looking in one another's eyes. Because in a hut, Greg and I would be like, do you want to like play GeoGuessr or <laughs> Wordle? And then there wouldn't be internet. And then we'd be like, you want us to do a puzzle? You- <laughs> are you well? Do you think that you would want one of the... I've seen on TikTok people being like, my dream is one of the swim under hut- huts. no. Uh, that to me looks like um, like a David Blaine or like a magic trick what, trapped in a box thing. I, what I don't if, like What it. if there was one tiny little, like, I don't even want to say crack, something smaller. And out of nowhere, you are flooded in your hotel room. I was going to say, what if you're swimming and you look up and you see one little crack up a man's towel? Oh, well, that too. <laughs> I'm like, is it is there is there some exclusivity to where like, hey, don't swim under strangers' huts? You know, that actually is an interesting point that I had not thought of. And I thought you meant like underwater. Yeah, you know how like there's sometimes the floorboard's clear and you can swim in like wave. Oh, yes. But I was thinking of like someone, have you seen those places that like hotels, you know, like the ice hotels? Yes. Oh, oh, underwater. But yes. they, they do like underwater ones. And that's what I would be fearful of. That's what, how I feel when I drive through a tunnel. I know when I think about that more, like how often we would drive through the Chesapeake Bay bridge tunnel. Like yeah. that, it gosh. always made me very nervous. Yeah. Traffic in a tunnel is not great. I feel like, no, um, overwater Hudson is such an inter- interesting example of like kind of the ultimate theoretical goal Yes. With like, luxury travel. Yes. That to your point in practice, I think I need a little bit more. Um, I actually wrote a paragraph that I think got cut from a chapter in my book about how I'm like, how I want to, okay. I, 
I'm so lucky that I'm not at a point in life yet where I need to vacate my brain, my home, my kids, oh. my, I don't feel, I have stress, but it's not like I'm so busy. I can't keep my head on straight at all times. Mm-hmm. So when I go on vacation, it's fun for me to scroll Instagram in a beautiful place. <laughs> totally. It's fun for me to check out Daily Mail, see what the vibe is. Like, I kind of like to be connected. And I felt weird on vacations before because people really want to unplug. And I'm like, is it bad that I have more fun on vacation if I'm a smidge plugged in? No, I, I mean, I feel the same way. I think, and I, I mean, he's so, he makes it really easy. Hey, Tug. Tether him to his leash. Yeah, that makes sense. I didn't even eat your dinner. No, all he like slops up the salami. I get it. You know, I get it. He's my best friend. He is. Um. So no, I I I get I get there wanting like still wanting to be a little plugged in. I think. What is interesting though about with you and your career is that being plugged in actually does, even though it maybe is for fun, there's still a work correlation for you with that. True. Yeah. And so for me, I, and a lot of people, like I just, I want to unplug from work just to be able to focus on other things. For sure. Yeah. Like that's the kind of unplug that I want, but I don't want to be disconnected from the world ever. Me neither. Off the like, grid. One of my friends was asking today, which was so nice. She was like, hey, are you still going to, like, I don't want to text you and, you know, you're like, you're not, you know, and it accidentally charged you or something. I was like, oh, there's no day that I'll go by where I'm not on my phone. Oh my God. Yeah. Before. And I so appreciate that, you know, the ask, but I will absolutely be on my phone. I know. Same. And you will be present still. Very present. But I'm not going to Are you kidding? I'm I have wineries new- to go to and uh, Italian meals to, to eat. Well, and it's like that SNL skit that's like, if you're depressed in America, you'll be depressed in Italy. Like, yes, I can't sleep in America. I can't sleep in Italy. I needed to scroll TikTok. We send each other TikToks from like 2 to 4 a.m. at rapid fire paces when we could just talk. You know, it really, I think about that sometimes. And if like sometimes the thought will cross my mind. I'm like, oh, this is kind of late. And I'm like, well, she's up. Always, always up. And my other argument too that I think I cut out was like, um, what I learned, like studied abroad and stuff is, uh, everyone has a different idea of fun and the older you get and the, and when your time is precious and y- your money is too, do what you want, mm-hmm. be okay splitting off into groups. And if you don't want to spend your day at a museum, don't, if you don't want to spend your time hiking a Duomo, don't every city has a Duomo. Guess what? Has a view. Guess what? There's also a hotel with a similar view and you can take an elevator. I don't want to spend my time, my wine, my spirit, my trust climbing 400 steps. Like it, it, to see wow. something I could see somewhere else. It was profound. Thank you so much. Um, and I learned when I was studying abroad, we were like, we're done with Duomos. We're done. Like these ancient, it's or Montmartre in, in Paris. Like th- there's really beautiful things that give you lookouts. But ask yourself, are you wearing the right shoes? <laughs> you know, Cal? Do I ever? We have a long family history of destroying our feet on trips. Truly. And I, you know, I uh, only brought three pairs of shoes and- Are they comfortable? Oh yeah. I mean that, well, that also is the joke. It's like, you know what? I'm going to just dress how I feel best. I'm going to wear the shoes that I feel best that are comfortable and not worry about how I might look. Yes. But I think that to your point, right? So then there's other people that all they want is to do the exploring and the, the Duomo of it all and, you know, hike the 400 stairs. Great. But then allow me the the opportunity to uh, sit on the beach and, you know, listen to a podcast called Be There in Five or, you know. 
And you do go to the beach in Coronado and listen to my podcast or read my book chapters. I do every weekend. (laughs) (laughs) You're a good sister. I love it. That's why I never know. So sometimes I'll ask to send me book chapters, but then I also have to realize I want to read it all at one time. So then I have to find the time where I can do that. Right. And so then I feel bad because sometimes it is a couple days before I get back, but I just know I want to be in a great headspace to be able to read. I'm not worried. And if you guys can imagine, the chapters are not short. They're not short. (laughs) (laughs) I I was like, you know what? I should take this like printed on the beach. And I, for whatever reason, couldn't get, oh, I know, because I don't subscribe like- like I couldn't um, edit anything off my phone because I don't have any of like the other apps on my phone. So it printed so tiny. Oh, I it was, was a like long 16 one. pages. <laughs> well, and like I, I actually have an email drafted to my publisher that's like, you know, I know a lot of people operate an arc of a beginning and a middle and an end, but the way I write is more like an Elizabethan five act play. Oh, and yeah. each chapter has about five parts and points I have to like work and I'm just like this is a fucking nightmare well (laughs) but you know what's actually is interesting that I because what's fun for me is then I will see your like notes to like the editor Mm. about like hey we don't have to include this or you know hey I was thinking about like this was my joke off color is this (laughs) (laughs) so it's fun actually to see the notes too in like the process so I don't know I do think whatever doesn't get that's part of what I'm sending you because that's the final yeah that's funny or like you're like I cut this you know these next three pages out but I got those three pages and I feel very you know I feel honored Uh, whatever does get cut would be fun for you in some context to put in a yeah. Whether it's like a podcast recap or Deleted something. scenes. I think that uh, the, I actually thought about, I considered actually even doing a travel chapter with the book because like this is, you know, when people kind of ask you the run of the mill questions about you, it's like, what do you like to do? And it's like friends, family travel. And I always kind of laugh at travel because like, do we do it that much? And does it matter that right. much? And can you afford to even do it and the way you want? And is it even that fun all the time? And then the flip side of who's going to be like, oh, I hate, I hate, I hate traveling. traveling. I don't want to see new things. <laughs> Life is a book and I want it close shut. <laughs> right. So, yeah, but it is funny because, yeah, I mean, it's the, it's the whole like, this is who I am and dating app of it all. Right. It's on, that's just how it goes. So. Date, right. And you told, that was one of your core pet peeves in the episode, Bumble All The Way, where you said like, people treat their profiles kind of like a passport stamps. Like it's a flex on it's such a flex. Every photo is like where they've been. And the, don't people say like how many countries or something? Or, uh, yes. Oh, that's I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> how many countries that they've been to um, or like, uh, where are we going next? Like have passport ready to travel. Like, where are we going next? Let, you know? Like adventure related quotes. Yeah, absolutely. It's like wanderlust culture, Cal. <sighs> It's so 2010s and like I support and get the desire to travel, but there's also something so comical about people who act like other people aren't as good as they are because they haven't been as many places because I think if most people could go a lot of places, they would. Right. Absolutely. And the thing I said earlier is a play on a quote that I hate that I think is so rude and people don't even realize that it's like, it's something like life is, um, Life is a book, and if you don't travel, you've only read the first chapter. And it's like, whoa. I don't know why it just got me really mad. <laughs> because it's like, and I've, I've seen it's people say that on social media, or like, I don't care if you want to be like, the cure for everything is the sea. And I always mess up this quote. No, the cure for everything is salt, water, 
tears and sweat. And it's like, ew. And okay. Like if that really works for you and the cure for you is vitamin SEA, like C, like that's, that's your energy. You'd probably buy a canvas that said that. I mean, I'm actually now upset that you didn't have that on the hangers in my room. So, oh, they say pants. I know. I didn't know where to put my shirts, (laughs) but they're, they're shirt hangers that say pants. They're apparently they're pant hangers. If you buy hangers at Marshall's Home Goods or TJ Maxx, they are probably Ray Dunn brand guys. And just be aware that they either say like girl boss pants, laundry day, or like, mm-hmm. you know, it just, it's not necessary. I'm going to Sharpie over them, but thank you for your patience. I mean, it obviously really offended me. So <laughs> God, I don't even know how I'm able to stay in this dreadful, you know, entire floor to myself down here. So that by the way, is a shrine to you. Kelly, the internet had some hot takes about your guest room. Oh, t- tell me more. So do they know, love it as much as I do? You know, like bloggers show their new construction and they show like every baseboard, every room. Like, I don't get how people do it. Imagine just doing something because you like it, right? Mm-hmm. And then 40 people in your messages pick it apart. No, like somebody I can't do it. Like, okay, it's a guest room. And it's my office decor. And, so I just yeah. kind of put... And it's like a basement room. It's a like, basement room. And the before is was a prison cell. No offense to this prison. This is stunning. No offense to prison. This place was uglier. <laughs> it, was, it was like a really no. gross room. Right. And I wallpapered it and whatever. It looks and, so good. And like I put it up and I, and I was really proud to show people the before and after. And somebody jams me and goes, uh, like, I like everything, but... That like peace sign with the twinkle lights, you know, you're better than that. Oh my God. And she said it's very 2013. I'm like, listen, I make a lot of jokes about home decor. Yeah. But you, you have to make them about yourself. Like I try to make fun of the things I did like Chevron and stuff like that. Um, But you know, it was hard, but I made it through (laughs) and I appreciate you saying you liked it. I love it. One of the things I was a bit worried about was my face on the wall, but I offset it with a bunch of faces of other notable ladies. The framework that you have in the guest room is truly outstanding. Like it makes everything stand out and come together all at once. Well, I it's it was supposed to be just a wall of not, it, modern spins on like older uh, artwork, older paintings. But I added one last minute because you do have fratty energy and it's the Sistine Chapel God and Jesus doing the touch. But instead of the touch, Jesus has a beer pong ball and God has a solo cup. I appreciated that one. And I think, Kelly, when you arrive at the pearly gates, God will have a solo cup <laughs> filled with Captain, Captain Morgan and Diet Mountain Dew. Wow. Wouldn't that be a dream? <laughs> oh. But that Tell reminds that me, Kelly, you know why it was so easy and affordable for me to have a whole gallery wall like the woman in STEM I am? I sure don't. Tell me more. Framebridge. Framebridge makes it easier and more affordable than ever to frame your favorite things without without ever having to leave the house. From art prints and diplomas. Oh, diploma. I should probably frame that, Kelly. Do you have a frame diploma? It's uh, rolled up in a tube somewhere. Well, we're going to get Kelly Framebridge. (laughs) Great. To the photo sitting on your phone, you can Framebridge just about anything. With Father's Day around the corner, Framebridge also makes the perfect gift. In fact, select gift ship the next day. Just go to framebridge.com and upload your photo, or they'll send you packaging to safely mail in your physical pieces. What's cool is you can preview your item online. And they'll show you every single frame style and gallery wall layout. You can choose your favorite or get free recommendations from their talented designers. And the experts at FrameBridge will custom frame your item and deliver your finished piece directly to your door, ready to hang. Or if you're like me, send a poster from Times Square to your mother. 
for no reason that is 18 by 40 and force it to be kept in her house where she does not want it. A giant picture of just your <laughs> just face? Me. Instead of the hundreds you pay at a framing store, I don't know if you guys have ever gone to a frame store and picked out a mat. It's like a casual fortune, but Framebridge's price started just $39 and all shipping is free. Plus my listeners will get 15% off their first order at framebridge.com when they use my code BTIF. Order online at framebridge.com or stop by a Framebridge store to work with a designer in person if you're in New York, DC, Atlanta, Philly, Boston, or Chicago. Get started today. Frame your photos or send someone the perfect gift. Go to framebridge.com and use promo Promo code BTIF to save an additional 15% off your first order. Just go to framebridge.com, promo code BTIF. Framebridge.com, promo code BTIF. I asked people two questions um, on related to travel. One was, what, what are your travel pet peeves? Which we'll get to. One was also like, what are the things, because um, I kind of wanted to start with, what? how do people make this look and what are the things other people do that you kind of marvel at? Like, I'm kind of like, will I ever have a floating breakfast? You know those, oh. when people float this like gorgeous tray of fruit in an infinity in pool an infinity in pool Thailand? Overlooking, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, and, but I'm also like, that's not a two egg scramble. I would love a gray meat. Like, I, I, I <laughs> healthy things are beautiful. Obviously, but but whenever influencers so have like an acai bowl or like what I'm like that looks nice, but like you can't climb a Duomo without some bacon. Obviously, I so, want the sausage links. So when I asked you guys um, what you see influencers do that you find fascinating, um, a lot of you talk about how much time it takes uh, to take the photos, and I would say that Kelly and I, of, of all people in this world, that I can unabashedly say, hey, can you take my photo? It would be you. But whenever we go places, we realize we never leave enough time for photos. Mm -hmm. Like we both look cute for mom and dad's, you know, 70th bash. We took one, one photo, photo so fast and it didn't work. And, it was and now blurry. we have no photos. I know. And I really went all out for that. <laughs> I know you wore a jumpsuit. <laughs> I wore a jumpsuit. But I agree. I think though, like neither of us are necessarily photo people. So I no. do think that plays in, but I am trying to be better now about like, oh, I need the, mem I, I not need, I want the memories. Yeah, and you don't have to post it if you don't like it of yourself. Exactly, yeah. And I think for a while there in my head, it was just like, oh, is this a postable photo? Who cares? Mm, you're so right. You know, just enjoy it. I, I know Emily's probably saying it's what I've been saying for years. Our sister, Emily? <laughs> yeah. Um, to be present or to just not worry about how you look in the photo? Not worry about how you look in the photo. No, it's true. Like, but here's the thing is that's what these people are doing, which is why it's kind of maddening. Right. Because they- That isn't a they, one photo shot. Like, it's, it's an 80 photo yes. thing. And- With edits. With the perfect outfit and hair and makeup and pose. Like, when the scales go to Hawaii, they look- they have these beautiful bathing suits. They do their hair and makeup. They wake up and go on runs. And everything is documented to a level that I think it would, it's like, I don't, I, I guess I don't, I don't, I'm not in the influencer game enough to know, like, is that really as off the cuff as it seems? Because for me, it's just not. By the time I like a photo that's worth a singular feed post, right? it would just take a lot of work. And I think that that's, um, when I also think about the glam piece too, whenever I'm in uh Think of how long it takes us to dry and do our hair. Oh, that's why I'm letting mine air dry right yeah, now. Yeah, we're both in an air dry <laughs> mode. And what? But when I'm someplace, I'm thinking, man, I'm wasting ninety minutes an hour of and my a half. time. Exactly. And how do you justify that? How do you justify that? I agree. 
just for your looks. Right. And these women have fresh blowouts. And that's something that personally amazes me. A lot of people are amazed that um, people pack large hats. <laughs> Where do you pack Where the do you hat? Pack the hat. I agree. Do you sit with it on your lap on the plane? Hmm. I was thinking maybe you attach it to the back of your carry-on. But but then does it get dirty? Like, but what but I just it, realized as I said that is these people are checking for bags. But you can't fold up these mega hats. They're probably checking a hat box. Oh, duh. It's what I wonder. I don't own a hat box. No. <laughs> but like hats are a cute accessory. Right. But so I think that that's- You can the, pull off hats pretty well. I, I like I like a hat. But yeah. A wide brim hat to me is just the least practical thing to pack. I would never. Of all the things that I need to take, right? that's not making the cut. Matching, so that is interesting. Matching yeah. suitcases. So I did recently participate in the matching suitcase game and I do like it. Do you have matching suitcases? Are you still using the one mom and dad got us for Christmas 2002? <laughs> Are you asking that because that's the one that I have here? Is that the one you have here? Is it red? Yeah, because <laughs> I have so, that's the joke because I used to travel for work, right? I have right. so many suitcases. True. This is the largest suitcase I own that meets the um, uh, carry-on requirements and I will not check a bag like in, if you pay me, like I will forever carry on a bag because I never want to have to wait for luggage or have something happen at a, um, at a layover where yeah. I, it somehow doesn't make the cut. Yeah. So this is a, I think though it's 24 inches and the new cutoff is 22. It was a journey getting it in the plane coming here. I'm not going to lie. That's the beauty of using no name brand luggage from pre 2010 is like, it's huge. It's huge. Uh, but it's it like gets the brand of the, the job done. Finder or something. Yes, that is the brand. <laughs> Absolutely. And I went to Target right before I left to see. I'm like, gosh, I really should upgrade like my carry. I have, again, so many, but I just, I wanted a bigger one. They don't make them anymore. They don't make them like they used to. Well, that's like Away used to be a sponsor before the pandemic. And now I've moved on to Shay Mich Mitchell's brand, Base. Bay? Base? Um, and I really like it, but the, the new thing is hard shell. I know. And I always tell Greg, I'm like, I'm annoyed because I can't sit on it and stuff this to the gills and have a questionable right. size. Because no one ever makes you put it in that dolly thingy that shows, or the thing that right. shows Never. the size. And, you, and I used to play fast and loose until, and then you get on a puddle jumper and they're like, no. No way. Yeah. Oh yeah, just generally being able to fight business class and have it be MBD. Okay, so Kelly and I are nothing if not seat divas um, who both flew business class to my wedding. And I, my wedding business class ticket was, a, I, I looked it up recently, it was 42.5 thousand miles, which for a person that owns a business and had a doormat business, like I had a ton of miles from Be There and Fives mm -hmm. credit cards and I opened them strategically and- it was my wedding, and, and that was so reasonable. Um, something happened in the past few years Truly. where you could not get a business class to Italy for like under 250,000 miles. It is unreal. And for the record, I actually flew coach to your wedding. Correction. Kelly flew coach to my wedding. I just need to. I just need to. I am sorry for not providing my only bridesmaid a I've nicer accommodation. I've never flown business class international. You haven't. No, I've but, always wanted to. I have my fingers crossed for tomorrow. What's like that I'll get upgraded. It's it, never going to happen. Well, you have such high status in the States. You always get upgraded. Right. So I think I just Domestically. Assumed. Yeah, no, but international is like its own beast, right? So, but to your point, it's 250,000 points or, you know, 
$9,500 one way. Like it's, 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 it's it's not worth it. It's, it's hard because when you care about your plane seat, some people don't. And I want to be one of those people, but unfortunately. Tell me why you care about, and and honestly, like, what is it that you, for you that makes it worth it? So I think we've talked about this before. It's funny to me how your, your standards on the ground plummet in the sky. Yes. And I, I have requirements for things I need in regular life. But if I'm in the air, all of a sudden, if I have a, a soggy tomato caprese sandwich that is borderline making me nauseous, it's the lap of luxury because it's a meal. Absolutely. I'm drinking wine that I would literally send back if I was in a restaurant every time, but it's delicious and I'm getting the best work of my life done on a plane. Your standards plummet. And I think that like, if I'm, it's so hard for me to vacation that if I'm actually going somewhere and doing something, I just want it to feel like a departure from my life wing to wing pun intended. (laughs) And I think that when you vacation and your accommodations are less impressive than your regular life, it's harder for me to vacate. So when I'm on a plane and I'm in a middle seat, I don't get a full meal. I have to pay for my alcohol. I'm uncomfortable. I'm just like, for this to be worth it for me, I want it to feel like an escape. And yeah. I, and I, and that's a part of it. But for an overseas flight specifically, for me to be able to go to sleep, I need a weighted blanket, an eye mask, perfect accommodations, a sound machine. I need to watch four episodes of Friends, The Office, Parks and Rec, or Broad City. I need everything to work, and then I'll maybe fall asleep, and it will still take me hours, and I'll still probably be drugged or medicated. I was going to say plus, yeah, yeah. If I'm going to go international, to not be horribly jet-lagged, I need a real chance of sleep. Mm -hmm. And that's never going to happen if I can't lay down. Um, so yeah. that's my biggest thing for business class. Yeah. No, I, I, again, I just was, at, I, I totally what are get yours? It. Well, before we get to mine, can I ask you a question? Yeah. So we're going on family vacation and then you are staying an extra week for your five-year anniversary. Yeah. So, um, you are flying business class over there. Yes. Is your spouse? Shut up. Kelly, don't <laughs> throw me under the Airbus. Um, okay. But this is where I think, no, I, the reason <laughs> no, I, I say this and you can obviously cut it out, but I think it's funny because that this is important to you. Yes. It's not an, what you find important for business class. Yeah. Other people don't find important and that's totally okay. Yeah. Your husband's one of them. So guys, here's the thing. Uh, when you've been with a person for 10 years, what's so beautiful about our marriage is that we honor our needs and we want each other to thrive. Obviously. And what's so funny, so my, what's so, why I love my husband is he is so calm, cool as a cucumber, deeply unbothered. He could fall asleep sitting upright at the drop of a hat. And I just mentioned all my criteria for sleeping. So when we flew business class to our wedding, I was like, that was awesome. Had a great time. And he, he was like, that was so frustrating. I couldn't sleep because from eight to midnight, there the flight attendants they were offering there were multiple courses right. and drinks and desserts and a Sunday cart and all this stuff that I was just oh, like eating oh, up oh, oh, and he, he wanted to sleep and he thought it was really disruptive. It was brighter than the back cabins. And and he is earnest when he says he found first class to be really disruptive. And I quote, 
why do I need a hot towel? <laughs> Greg, do you want me to use a cold towel? Are you like, are you okay? Like, he's not well. So ever since then, I've been like, okay, let's just call, like, we just, we have different needs yeah. and I love you. But if we're going to be in different pods anyway and sleeping, let's just do our own thing. So I am going on a trip for my anniversary. And is my husband sitting 45 rows behind me? Yes. Do yes, I love him any less? No. I love him 45 times more because he said, live your best life, thrive. I am choosing to go where I think it is darker, calmer, and I I could sleep yeah. sitting up or yeah. laying down. So why waste the miles? It, and I said, okay. Yeah. Makes per it makes sense. If it that's does how make you feel sense. great. Did I use all my miles I've accumulated the past six years? Yeah. Yeah, I did. But is it worth it? Will it be worth it for you? You know, I was about Absolutely. to say, Mama needs a vacation, but does she? <laughs> my life's pretty easy. <laughs> You know, as you say that, um, I it kind of makes me want to take a photo of you right now. <laughs> the way I'm podcasting. <laughs> the way you're podcasting. <laughs> I am as relaxed as I'll be on my plane. You know, you really are. And I, I appreciate that. I, what's funny is I wanted people to tell me general travel things, but all is anybody all did was planes? tell me their plane pet peeves. I was actually going to ask if there were any like either hotels, Airbnbs, rental cars. I have some pet peeves, but you know, I'd well, like to hear from the grander crowd. I haven't even told you mine. Oh, But please. I was going to say that a lot of people said, if I'm stuck in the middle seat, the armrests are mine. And men always take them away. And I've never thought about that, but I also, I don't armrest hoard. Um, so tomorrow on your middle seat, bows. No, I, I feel weird. And I will like, I will pull my arms in so that I am sure not to touch anyone. I, which sucks. Cause then the two people with the outer seats get both armrests. Right. Which yeah. it, I never thought about it, honestly. And I'm glad we're raising awareness. You know, Middle seat sh person should, should get the armrest. Should there be like a color or a hashtag something to support this? Um, okay. A lot of hot takes about seat reclining. Obviously, as a leggy person, I find seat reclining to be a crime, especially if it's a short flight. The thing that n drives me nuts is when you... you I think you can recline, but I think you could like look behind you. And I think you could do it lightly and, and go slow. People will jolt like back their seat jolt. when yes, my laptop is open yes. and a With, Diet Coke yes. could spill on my yes. laptop. Yes. <laughs> Awful. <laughs> so, it makes me so angry. No, I agree. Whether it's, it's reckless Diet reclining. Or whether, yes, exactly. <laughs> it is reckless. This one made me laugh. Men's bellies or crotches too close to my face in aisle seat when bin rummaging. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that is so true. <laughs> that's what I'm here for. I love the specificity. Like, like that's such a great point. Especially now that we see belly buttons differently. Do we? After the sex ed episode, Cal. Oh yeah, you're right. Oh God. They're oh, sex organs. Oh. <laughs> How could I forget? I think I blocked it out. I forgot to tell you mine. Okay, so I'm I'm funny about walking, so and I, I, I support your right to stand on a moving sidewalk, but you have to pick a lane. You And you have to pick the right lane. Yeah. You cannot stand on the left-hand side. It's so crazy. What, what that, are people thinking? Uh, it's common courtesy. I'm like, this isn't the grocery store. You're not a food item waiting to be scanned. We're, truly. We, we, it's supposed to make you move faster. Who, who, takes, who takes the moving sidewalk to chat? I don't know, but I usually don't. Greg will take it and I don't take it. And, and I always do faster. it to show him how it's faster. Yeah. Um, I personally so I believe there's a special place in hell for people that don't close the shade in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> you 
you would not like to sit next to me. You leave the shade open on an no. early morning flight? No, I'll keep it closed. But as we start to land, I want to open it up to be able to like, I think see that's what we're fine. Doing. But you know how like a whole cabin will be dim and then there's just and like there's one, one guy not paying attention and it's it's reflecting off your screen okay. or preventing you from sleeping? Well, what's funny is that, that that actually, I do know, I completely know what you mean. Similarly, what what annoys me is when it's pitch black and there's the person in front of you has their light on and I'm like, oh, what, yeah. what hard book cover are, like, are you reading? What hard, hard book? Cover <laughs> book? It sounds like you should read some more books, Kel. I'm telling you, I still- Do you remember when you thought the sun only rose on the East Coast? <laughs> It's the brain fog. It never went away. I, the fact that I'm employed. Um, I also like, okay. I get that traveling with a kid is hard and I believe you, but have you ever tried to put your bag in the overhead bin while babysitting a fountain drink? Or, or a coffee? coffee? <laughs> It is impossible. It's impossible, especially when you're not in the aisle and you don't have like if you're in the aisle seat and you can put it down. Yes, it's fine. I, yeah. Every time I'm like Joey with the milk carton, there's got to be a better way. Uh huh. Why? Why don't we have cup holders on planes, Kelly? I know. I know. No, Kelly. Why don't we have cup holders should, on planes? Should that be the invention? No, but that with turbulence. Why? What are we doing? Right. It's well, just, they make they do make um like a like stuff for that. Wait, so I could buy a cup holder and I could put it on my seat for myself and the flight attendant couldn't say it was like a fire hazard? I don't know what the flight attendant would say, but I've seen them advertise. Would you grab his collar and help yeah. him off? Um, would you like to get down, sir? Okay. You just need a little help. Love you, Dad. Um, but no, I agree. And sometimes I won't. I will forego the coffee. Yes. If I'm not sitting in the aisle, if for whatever reason I've been moved, I will forego the coffee because of the, the anxiety that it has mm -hmm. that I won't be able to put my stuff in the overhead bin. Can you imagine spilling a venti no. ice coffee no. or, or a Dunkin' or oh hot on someone? I'm actually surprised I haven't done it, knock on wood. Well, now you're going to do it Saturday, so. <laughs> okay, my last one. Full flight. Coat and overhead bin dying a fire. <laughs> do it like do, do you when i look up and it's full and it's code after i'm like this is crazy they're I know. they're telling people to check their bags and i feel like i can't move someone else's code it's their personal because i wouldn't like if somebody moved exactly. my code. it's pretty clear to me that you don't put a code up till the end very clear and you can put it on top of your own suitcase exactly like that's fair okay the, the last thing that i find to be shocking and unforgivable but i don't know the solution is that the bathroom stalls in airports, doors go in. It makes no sense. And you have luggage. It makes no sense. There, Who designed that? There's got to be a better way. Again, like somewhere else you put your luggage, but you can't leave your bag unattended. And the um, if you're carrying like a big bag or backpack, you can't hang it on a little tiny hook. Like right. you need a bigger hook. So you have to so put it on the floor. You have to put it on the floor, which is disgusting. It's really so gross. So then Kelly. I will just like hold all my, like it's, it's yeah, I agree. A few people said, like, why the hell is anyone printing their ticket? And can I just tell you, this is something I learned with track five. There were two occasions. One airport was Atlanta. There was another one, too, where the um, TSA pre-check for clear 
was in a dead zone in the airport where everyone lost service. And I watched one person after the other get out of line at TSA pre and have have to go get a printed ticket. So I always, always stop at the kiosk and get a printed ticket. I did not know this about you. Yeah. I don't want, I I don't want to waste time. I don't, I I never have enough time (laughs) to get out of line. Right. Yeah. So I, I always, um, I like to do both just to be safe. And also like your phone could die. No, I know it's funny because I, yeah, I never print tickets, but that is a, that's a very fair point. Just so if you're in an unfamiliar, unfamiliar place, just something to think about. These are all real things people have said to or about my baby. Okay. I will say it must, it must be so annoying as a mom with the baby to hear the cliche things people say to you when they realize they're sitting next to a baby said one, he's doing good now. Hope it lasts Two, Don't worry. I'll buy him a whiskey if needed. (laughs) Three, I know you can't, but wish we could work out a way to put babies under the plane. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That person's not well. Four, he looks like trouble. Five, be good for mom. Be good for us. Six, they need to make a baby travel muzzle. Oh, my gosh. I know. So, people are mean to moms, for sure. But also, I I, um, I, I know that feeling. I don't know what the, a good example is, but like when you're walking into what you know is going to be a really annoying cliche conversation with a middle-aged man and he's going to say something predictable about something you're doing. And you're like, ha ha. It's like kids and their phones. Like, I don't know. Um, but that is really, really annoying. And I agree. I'm just trying to make sure. Sh- oh, and then the last airport one was before we move on to other travel was oh, no. grown men in flannel pajamas. I don't Anyone, like, I don't, I mean, kids, sure. But like adults in pajamas in airports, I think. I think women can do whatever they want. <laughs> but I think a grown man in a flannel pajama is alarming. Well, I, I mean, I agree. I, I am. An, have you, I don't normally. I don't see, think I've ever seen I that. that. I got that more than once. People wearing like full pajama sets, like men, which like, is just a funny idea. Yeah, I'll wear like leggings and a t-shirt to be I, comfy. That's not the same. But I wouldn't wear a pajama set on a plane. Would you? No, I'm not Bob Cratchit. <laughs> Nightcap. (laughs) Kelly, I know that you're taking allergy medication, but you know what would be really great for your daily routine? Uh, What? Jumpstart your day and clear your headspace? Tell me. Liquid IV. I love liquid IV. Me too. When you push your body too hard or just feel run down, it's extremely important to stay hydrated. Making hydration a priority helps us feel better on a day-to-day basis. One stick of liquid IV hydration multiplier and 16 ounces of water hydrates you two times faster and more efficiently than water alone. Liquid IV hydration comes in refreshing flavors like watermelon, lemon lime, strawberry, pina colada, and Kelly and I's favorite, guava. Guava. Thank you. You know, I am bringing two packs of liquid IV um, to Europe with me, namely because there is a vitamin C one that I think keeps my immune system boosted, but also, I don't know. I'm just going to be eating a lot of pizza and pasta and liquid IV contains five essential vitamins, B3, B5, B6, B12, and vitamin C with three times the electrolytes of traditional sports drinks that will keep me in prime shape despite how much vino I have. Um, and what makes liquid IV so effective is the science of cellular, cellular transport technology, which is designed to enhance rapid absorption of water and other key ingredients into the bloodstream. The best part is liquid IV is on a mission to change the world, and they have donated over 20 million servings globally. 
So you can grab Liquid IV in bulk nationwide at Costco, or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code BETHEREIN5 at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use promo code BETHEREIN5 at liquidiv.com. Experience better hydration today at liquidiv.com, promo code BETHEREIN5. Wait, and if that doesn't I- work... <laughs> Do Wait, can I ask you a legit liquid IV yeah. question? Mm-hmm. I didn't know they made pina colada. Oh, I have some upstairs. <gasps> I have it's to really try good. it. Yeah, it's really good. Oh my gosh, I my life might be, might be their changed. collab. Oh, um, I, I'm fascinated. I, I also, I swear by liquid IV. Well, it's a funny thing because this isn't in their ad copy, but like, it's such a good product. Oh yeah, that literally cures hangovers near Instantly. instantaneously. And when I feel awful at like four when I'm dragging. It's, I like, just like the efficiency of being like, cool, I'm drinking two bottles of water, <laughs> you know? Oh, absolutely. Well, when we do like our college beach trip, yeah, we will drink like the liquid IV in between drinks and, and just to help like, again, just stay hydrated and feel great so we can continue just hanging out on the beach and not feeling blah. That's really smart, Kelly. You know, we're a smart group. And here's the thing. If you were still to feel blah, what would you do? You may call a doctor, but I for one hate calling doctors. Because I don't like to see if they take my insurance. Sometimes I'm on hold. I get a lot of millennial anxiety calling doctors. And no one knows what you're looking for in a doctor better than you. And no one's better than give, at giving you the tools to find the perfect doctor than ZocDoc. The people who created ZocDoc found the major pain points in healthcare, all the things that weren't working, and said, enough. And they made booking a great doctor surprisingly pain-free. Finding and booking a doctor who's right for you doesn't need to be a terrible experience. I am always... It, basically I don't plan. So if something, if uh, something's off, my stomach hurts, I want a mole checked. I stepped on a splinter, which happened the other day. I just need a doctor like ASAP and I just need to know they take my insurance and I need to be able to see that they're legit. And the best part of ZocDoc is they have reviews like an Uber driver or a taco joint. You can see that real doctors with real reviews and they extrapolate the reviews by the kind of review. So if you have like, four out of five stars, but your one star is knocked off because of your wait time, I'm cool. I'll wait for quality. But if one star is knocked off because you're a bad doctor, it's a different thing. And there are some amazing doctors out there, but the only ones that matter are the ones, you know, that you feel comfortable going to that have good reviews and the ones that take your insurance. And with ZocDoc, you can focus on doctors who are in network, putting on the path to see that the ones that are right for you. No more wasting time hunting down Aunt Shirley's cash-only chiropractor or the dentist your coworker recommended who's out of your network. ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them. Go to ZocDoc.com, choose a time slot, and whether you want to see the doctor in person or do a video visit, and just like that, you're book, booked. <laughs> like the cover of the book, Calories. <laughs> Find the doctor that is right for you and book an appointment that works with your schedule. Every month, millions of people use ZocDoc and I'm one of them and so is Kelly. It's our go-to whenever I need to find and book a doctor. Go to ZocDoc.com slash be there in five and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash be there in five. ZocDoc.com slash be there in five. I don't usually do those in one take if you can't no, tell. I- <laughs> Honestly, I'm impressed. The problem is, is I'm like, I have commentary, but I don't need to put it in the ads. So I, so yeah, I have a hot take about this and everyone submitted that they hate when people crowd the gate. We're all going on the same plane. You'll, you'll get to board when you get to board. We have group numbers. I understand that, but I also understand the anxiety and urgency. If you are 
if you don't have the privilege of being a group one or group two, it is very likely there won't be room for your bag in the overhead compartment. And then you have to gate check it, which means that you have to to wait, wait. Yes. And if you have a connection, like it's a problem. So I actually don't think it's crazy to crowd the gate. And if you don't want to, that's your own journey. Um, but I do think that people hang on the periphery of the groups and you have to peer over their shoulder and look at their boarding pass number and just get in yeah. line accordingly yeah. or ask nicely. I, in general, am more abrasive right. than you are. And I'm not actually even abrasive. Yeah. I mean, do you remember when we went to, when you visited me in New York and we were at Rockefeller Center and you got mad at me for going through the crowd in New York City at Christmas? And you said, you're being really rude. And I said, for walking? Well, I just, you know, I, I believe at that time I was also like, as we passed people, I was like, excuse me, pardon us. I know. And that's why, again, I'm very different now because I now move through the crowd. I have no patience for slow, but like also, okay, this is not related to travel, but you and I are fast walkers by nature. Yeah. So, so is our dad. dad. And so I actually, like when people are walking at what I assume is a regular pace, I am automatically annoyed for no reason. It's Mm. just because I am a fast walker. Mm. Even if I'm casually strolling, I will walk quickly. It could be the most beautiful day on the beach. Doesn't matter. Mm. No, I am a sidewalk warrior. Yeah. I don't, I don't lollygag. No, never. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a very fast walker. I'm a very fast suitcase roller. Mm -hmm. And, um, in general, I believe in right and left lanes of flow in an airport. Absolutely, And it amazes me how it many amazes people me. have the balls to just, just you know. S- Sunday stroll through the airport with. Dead on going forward in the left lane. It, 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 it's, it's something. It's shocking, Kelly. It's, it is shocking. <laughs> Should there be like a 2020 or dateline about this? What the inconvenience it causes us quick walkers who, again, we're all going to the same place yet. I'm still annoyed. When it comes to airports, do you have a particular like, do you like to park at a restaurant or do you wait by the gate? So what's funny is as much as a planner am I, uh, that I am, I don't get there super early. Me neither. So I don't usually have time to park it at a restaurant. I'm usually there like, because right and, and, like we're about to board. And so now if I have a layover, oh, I'll park it at a restaurant. I mm. want, I want the wine. And then I will race onto the plane and be with the group five mm-hmm. and then get upset that my luggage doesn't fit. But you brought it onto yourself. I did it to myself. Yeah. You? Um, I leave my house an hour before boarding. <laughs> And you live in Chicago. <laughs> so that's, that's another level. I, I, I've only missed a flight one time in my entire life. I normally walk right on. But when you have TSA pre, and again, so to be clear, when we talk about airline status, I do think traveling is different for people that business travel. So like with uh, track five, I was mm-hmm. on, like I flew so much the past six months when I worked at Nielsen. I did a lot of Monday to Thursday consulting work. Like it's just not my first rodeo. So I've developed airline habits that are pretty streamlined and I'm like not actually even trying to be play fast and loose with time. I just know O'Hare so well. Yeah. I've seen a spectrum of like worst case, best case. This is whatever. Um, And I also have a former sponsor clear that O'Hare's lines are always pretty fast with that. But yeah, I typically walk on the plane last minute. um, If I know that, 
I don't have a connection or a reason, even if I have to gate check my bag, it's a big deal. But I love, um, I think one of the things people don't talk about enough is if you were stuck at an airport or have a long layover, by the time I parked my laptop for over two hours at a restaurant oh, on wine and food, right. I'd pay at least exactly. $60. Yes. So you go Getting to the lounge. Airline lounge pass is not yeah. as bougie as it sounds. Not at all. A, they're not that nice, but B, you can get a day pass typically for $50 to $60 and unlimited food, wine, better Wi-Fi, private bathroom. You can also get ready. I'll curl my hair in a lounge. I'll I'll do a full face of makeup. I actually think people don't leverage them enough and not enough people know that you can get a day pass. And the 60 isn't cheap, but I always spend that at a restaurant. No, ag- agree, because the cost of one glass of wine in an airport is like $25. Yes. And if you get an app, that's another $25 plus tip, like you're there. And I almost will guilt spend it because I feel bad taking up a seat for several hours. I agree with you. Like, even if I'm not hungry, I'm not going to only get a glass of wine. I'm going to have to order food. Like, right. Just because I don't want to take up a seat unwillingly. But I agree with the lounge. And I will say it varies by airport. It a hundred percent. That actually is a big part of it. Um, because like some of the Delta lounges in Atlanta, like some have been upgraded, some haven't. And you really have to know which terminal you're in to know what's the better one to do. Well, and like sometimes I'll see influencers and they're like karaoke in a centurion lounge, and I'm like, this has not been my experience at JFK or like whatever it is. I'm like what, on what planet? Um, okay. So some of the things, um, I mean, literally, and I think this drives humankind crazy when people don't exit properly each row by row, like when oh. people barrel, I try to give the B of the D and say, they, they have, a, have connecting a connection. Flight. Yeah. But if you I, fake that you're a monster. Oh, you are such a monster. Can I ask you a controversial question? Ooh. You're on a flight over two. Oh, mm, no. You're on a flight over three hours. Okay. You've very specifically and carefully chosen your seat. Oh. A family asks you to move. Mm-hmm. What do you do? So this happened to me mm-hmm. uh, when I was on the way back from the World Series game. Mm-hmm. And I moved to middle seat. Did you pay for it? I had paid for, it was still in my section though. So I had paid for- um, Economy Plus. Economy Plus. And it, I, but I moved to the middle so that, because it was a woman and her son who was like four. Yeah. And I couldn't not do that. Now- International, I wouldn't. It, but, that, but that was Atlanta to San Diego. That was a four and yeah. a half hour flight. It was a long flight and I did not feel great because I celebrated the fact that the Braves won that game. You're probably still riding high. So it was made manageable I was, from the win. Yeah. Um, it was, but I just, but yeah, it's a funny thing. And I actually think about, well, let me ask you and then I can, what is your take on it? Um, I think it is fair if it's an apples to apples trade. I won't exchange my aisle for a middle Yeah. But typically one of those people has a window or aisle. Mm. I just need a window or aisle. Yeah, I get that. Um, I need a window or aisle and I am so deeply empathetic to mothers of young children. Same. That's why. Do I think he should have made sure of this before? Yes. But the airline can mess things up. Yeah. Um, I typically just want it to be, if it's over three hours and I've paid hundreds of dollars, I want it to be equitable. That's fair. Um, I've never, and I've actually never said no, 
But I, I haven't either. I think of this in my head of when would I? And in my answer is on Saturday. Yes. For this seat that I took my business <laughs> a godly amount of money to make points. Six for. years worth of credit card I points. I tour and right. pay for a lot of balloons right. and photo <laughs> A lot of balloon arches, a lot of makeup <laughs> artists. But, but yeah, it's in the th- like I empathize because I I imagine that would be so such a hard position to be in. Of course. I would not want to separate a mother separate and like a mother and child, but I do I am I am a planner and so for me I will always take the I will always book the aisle seat because I need an aisle seat. I need to be yeah. able to stand up. I don't like to ask people to get up and move, so I will torture myself if I am in if I am inside. I will never ask people to get up and move if I have to go to the bathroom. Oh, I'll climb over sleepers. <laughs> Cause I want people to climb over me. I'm like, don't wake me up. Just climb over me. Yeah. So well, not ain't sorry. If I have if there if we're like in an exit row, there's space. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. weird or a to like. Head. Yeah. Yes. No, I get it. It's just like I but I do think about that. I'm just like, again, of course I let the mother and child, but I know and, and this actually was a last minute ticket, but I paid a pretty penny for it. So I paid all this money for an aisle seat, not a middle seat, but nobody else was moving. But what, so my question becomes, did both her and the son only have middle seats? They both had middle seats. (sighs) Yeah. See, people of the world, if I were you, I would ask a flight attendant and not target a private citizen. So I would ask the flight attendant to ask the flight, is anybody? Yes. Because there's got to be another couple, another something. Right. Agree. Because I think that's the only fair way to do it. Yeah. Uh, To target you, because here's the thing. If I were a person struggling, I would probably target a woman my age. Right. Because I think they were the most likely. I would never expect chivalry. (laughs) That'd be ridiculous. Talk about um, what okay. do the people say? A lot of people. Uh, this is four people in a row. Sorry about the dog. Hey, Tug, <laughs> baby puppy, <laughs> be sweet. Um, a lot of people. Four people in a row said music, TV, games with no headphones on speaker. Do people do that? Oh. My gosh. Is that? Sometimes I want to give people the benefit of the doubt. Like maybe they think their headphones are connected and they're not. And so they don't realize it. So I think it's fine to just kind of tap and just double check that they know. Where I maybe have a little grace is when children, young children need to watch something. And if you have to choose between listening to a kid's show on blast or that child crying, I will listen to the kids show because at least it like kind of tunes out with my, whatever I'm listening to. Um, as a friendly person, do you like a chatty seatmate? It depends on my mood. Yeah. So I will forever, if someone's willing to talk, I will talk back the entire flight. If I say hi and I don't get like anything beyond a tepid response and mm-hmm. I know they're not interested and I'm not going to force it. Because, like, sometimes mm-hmm. I just want to chill. Right. What about you? Um, I always have my headphones in. So, I kind of, I'll signal, like, I'm so sorry. Like, I kind of will oh. point to my ears. And if, if I sense chattiness. I do that in Ubers. I'll suggest that I'm, like, doing, because I usually am doing, editing audio. Yeah. I, the only time I've had an interesting plane conversation was when I, I got, I was, Working at Nielsen, I got upgraded because I was traveling a lot. And I sat next to, on a flight from New York to Chicago, 
the um, lead consultant for the royal family of Bhutan. Whoa. And I looked him up and he was real. He is this like high, high finance guy that started a boutique consultancy for how he called it elite wealth or immense wealth, like billions, how people that have dumb money, they need help figuring out where to what, donate. Yeah. Yeah. And it, 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 but he wasn't um, an investment guy. He was a philanthropic guy. Oh, cool. So he managed the charity portfolio and something else of the Royal family of Bhutan. I mean, and we had the most interesting yeah, conversation. That would be such an interesting job. And I remember him before he got off the flight, he was like, I just want to say, I'm sorry. And I was like, for what? And he was like, I totally thought you would be different when you first sat down. <laughs> and I thought that was kind of rude. Cause I'm like, dude, I would have never known. Why is it my journey to be walked through your stereotype right. or bias of me and for me to impress you? And he said, well, you're wearing a Burberry scarf. And I was like, sir, this is from a street vendor. <laughs> So you don't know your scarf. My sister and, and I got into a white van women. with no windows. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think about him sometimes. That's um, so I for I yeah, that's so interesting. Um if you're out there, sh- reach out. <laughs> <laughs> um okay, a, a lot of people said they hate hot food on a plane that's brought in from the outside or fragrant food on a plane. Oh. And I understand that, but my argument is that smell. food is only as fragrant fragrant as the environment is stagnant. Like yeah. if I bring up when like a McDonald's McNugget on a plane, I think, oh, I never noticed how much McNuggets smell because it's like that you're going to find air. But if you have like, to eat, you have to eat. Right. Um, yeah, I do think about that, though, because I know a couple times like way back when I would just like, you know, early travel days when you're excited to like hit the town, like yeah. hit the real world. And I would be like, oh, I can have and I would like get like epic meals and bring them on the plane. And I was like, oh, this is awful. Like. <laughs> So yeah. I did. I actually do think about, will this smell on the plane? And will I feel self-conscious eating will it? Will I feel self-conscious eating it? But the, the honest answer is, even sandwiches smell on planes. And it's a sandwich. And they start to taste gross. Yeah. I think, too, with COVID, like, I traveled so much during COVID. I, don't need, I've, I haven't been on a flight in two years without a mask. And eating with a mask was just so annoying. Right. That, like, I... To eat a meal with a mask was like too much up and down. And the joke, the joke is you're contaminating the mask every time you're touching it. Right. So w- with track five, I was really trying not to get sick oh, before. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Because yeah. yeah. you think you got COVID on a plane on the way back from Christmas, right? I am convinced. That's it's the only. I mean, no in one my else head. had it. Yeah. I mean, everybody on the plane at that point, everybody on the plane was. Sick. I mean, we all had masks on, but everybody was sick. Like you're sitting just in a cesspool of stuff. I was in so, Florida for a week that's during right. Omicron. Oh my gosh. Oh wait, that's right. Because and I, we were stuck because our flights were. I should have been walking COVID every time. How have you not gotten it? I went through so, I was I know, so you paranoid. took so many tests. Yeah. I took tests. I paid $375 yeah. for PCRs. I was right. like in rooms with like hundreds of sweaty people. I was like, so either I had it and didn't know it and had antibodies or I don't know. Yeah. Wild. Um, I will say, I'm just going to shout out the takeoff box on United. <gasps> I love the tapas one. So I know, it, and everyone they has discontinued. their preference. No, it, people ordered it yesterday. Tapas? Two days ago. They ordered tapas yesterday. Okay, because they've only had the generic one lately. Okay, but and I will say they just switched up the takeoff box and they replaced one of the cheese spreads with a fig jam and it was delightful. You know, it, it is a choice that they had two cheese spreads. Right, 
And I don't like it was a white cheddar and a gouda that mm-hmm. replaced the white cheddar mm-hmm. with the fig jam. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not mad. Mm-hmm. No, Kelly, I I spent a pretty penny importing the packaged olives in the United <laughs> Tapas box. <laughs> Remember that? Alessandra thought I was disgusting. I was like, gotta get those plain olives. <laughs> they were called Olaves. <laughs> um, a lot of people are very upset by bare feet or socks. Bare feet on a plane is not a barefoot dream. That is, no. just, it's foul. I don't seen, see it that often though. I've only seen it a couple times. Um, when I went to your wedding, what I did witness and was someone walking into the bathroom with no socks or shoes on. And I That's did hor- think that was pretty gross. That's horrifying. Yeah. You know, mom submitted one saying when oh. pe- parents don't have snacks for their kids or things to do. Jeez, mom, hot take. <laughs> no, literally everybody said that. Yeah. I, I has it's kids are, are a tough one because I think everyone on the, uh, listening to this would agree. There is a point where, you're not trying. And we've all been on a plane where somebody's like, you know, it's like a four year old and they have nothing to do and nothing to eat. And you're like, well, I get yeah. it. This kid's ears are like, probably popping. Yeah. You know, like and I've like, been, there's nothing, yeah, nothing. To yeah. Do. And then, but I also like, I always tell my husband, I'm like, we're going to be those parents someday. Like you have to offer your empathy. Nobody wants their kid to be having a meltdown. Right. Um, does my husband think there should be, designated areas for kids and adults yes and you know i don't love that about him um but we were on a like a romantic flight to hawaii once and we splurged for seats and when i mean you guys sat together yes for once for once in in a good seat and when i tell you blood curdling over the pacific ocean it it's like i don't know enough about kids but like it was crazy because they were in first class and um, we were in the, our splurge was the first row of the bulkhead, right? Mm. So we were right behind them, but it was the two parents in first class working the whole time. And the kid was with the nanny. The, oh. And the kid and nanny just sat there and the kids screamed for about five hours straight. And Greg is like kind of uh, like misophonic in that like he's aware of chewing mm-hmm. and smacking in ways I'm not. I can kind of get used to noise after a while, but I think like for Clearly. some- Clearly. Well, <laughs> the problem is for some people it gives them migraines. Well, it does me. And that's what's hard. It's like, right. I know you don't want your kid to be crying, but also you are both working with your headphones in and your nanny's here. And like, we're, we're just like, there's nothing that- I think we were just shocked as human people that there's nothing you could do in that situation, which right. is hard. It's, no, it's situational. Exactly. And that, I know, because obviously everybody's, like everyone's yeah. entitled to ride on a plane, right. obviously. But yeah, it's just one of those things where it's just not, it's yeah, it's not ideal. And in that circumstance, it sounds like maybe there was something that could have been done versus like, you know, well, like a baby I, or I toddler. Was, I think people get extra annoyed when it seems like the parents don't care. Right, not exactly. Not that I need your angst, but- <laughs> I was kind of like, oh, this must be normal. Like they must be dealing with like colic or something. On the flight when I got COVID, Mm -hmm. um, I was, I had my phone sitting, you know, like some of the um, headrests in front of Mm -hmm. you have like the phone holders, like you can put your Mm -hmm. phone or iPad on there. So I had my phone up there. There was a kid waiting in line for the bathroom with his mom and he grabbed my phone and like smacked it to the aisle. And I was like, (laughs) what what, what just happened? Like, I thought I was being punked. 
And I picked it up and I and I I looked at him and I was like, no, because don't be a dick, Scott. I was like, I was just like, what? Because I looked at the his mom and she didn't do. She saw it but didn't. Anyways, I should probably edit. I just like it was. I should alarming. edit out you saying it bothered you that a kid almost broke your phone. Well, <laughs> that yeah. would bother me too. There was like when I tell you three quarters of the comments were about kids. Oh, I know, and it's such I don't a, even, I don't know what to do with I it know. though. Because but but here's the thing. If your kid's kicking my seat, you got to stop. Uh, completely agree. Like that, there are just things that are human decency that like the behavior thing pisses me off for kids that aren't babies. Yeah. You know, like you can ask them to stop. Um, I think that um, the other thing with uh, children that I watch at airports and on airplanes is I watch how many things they touch. And it freaks me out because we're all in masks. We're all freaked out. And then babies are like putting their hand on the puke bag and then their fist in their mouth and then touching the floor and then the bottom of a shoe. And I'm like, you really have to just be cool. It's crazy. How do you think you'll be? I don't know because I'm not a germaphobe. Right. But you're aware. But I also don't put my shoe in my mouth. And babies do that. Which is gross. If I can think of last advertiser. Pros has made my hair shinier, smoother, softer, stronger. It's tr- it streamlined my hair care routine, which is probably the most important since I'm a product hoarder and I only I didn't have a bias where I like things the first one or two times I use them. But Pros is a customized suite of hair products that knows there's more to you than just your hair type. They've given over a million consultations with their in-depth hair quiz, which is how I got started. And they ask they they analyze over 85 personal factors from your zip code to your damage level, exercise, heat treatment, eating habits, to determine a unique blend of ingredients to treat your exact concerns. I've always had trouble with hair care because my hair gets greasy really easily at the roots, but it's really dry at the bottom. Sometimes I want it, you know, something purple for brassiness. I've never done such a comprehensive um, hair assessment. And also they have a review and refine feature that lets me tweak the formulas you know, it's my address, my hair color, or my heat treatment, or my, you know, usage of products changes. Anyway, you guys, pros will ask you with their quiz, these all these questions, analyze over 85 personal factors, and give you a full suite of, you know, shampoo, conditioner, leave-in conditioner, pre-shampoo, scalp mask, a dry shampoo, a hair oil, uh, to allow you to have products that are unique to your needs. All their ingredients are sustainably sourced, ethically gathered, and cruelty-free. They're also the first in custom beauty uh, first custom beauty brand to go carbon neutral. And if you're not 100% positive, Pros is the best hair care you've had, they'll take the products back, no questions asked. I know you've heard me sing the praises of this, but I just want to reiterate that this is what I've been using for months and months and months on my hair. I love the consistency. It's not just about the wow factor of the first one or two times. I actually think these formulas have brought my hair back to life. And the smell is amazing too, which I also got to pick. And your name literally comes on it. Very cool. So Pros is a healthy hair regimen with your name literally all over it. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash be there in five. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash be there in five for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off. And also the, all of these codes are on be there in five. Go to podcast sponsors. This I deeply relate to mm-hmm. talking about Airbnbs and hotels. It's crazy that you can't check in until four. It, rehearsal dinners cocktail hours weddings yes i am always like where the hell am i supposed to get ready right and more often than not i will book the night before even if i'm not getting in till the morning of because i need a 
I need a longer yes. period of time to get settled and I have yeah. nowhere to go. Yeah. Four is late. Four is very late. I, you know, and you I can know get late checkout. Early, right. And I know you can also request early check-in, but it's never guaranteed. Early check-in is so much less often than late checkout. Yes. And you can't, Get a, I would like a guaranteed early. Yes. Ch- I, I would pay extra. That's just it. I feel like there should be an upgrade option to be like, I need to check in at noon. Yes. And people also brought up Airbnb hosts that make you meet them in person instead of a, get a lockbox. I totally agree. I think it's really weird to have to meet people in person and it almost makes me feel like they're judgmental or stereotypers that want to just like make sure. Huh. Like I, I, I feel like they want to guess if you're going to party or something. Could be, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, um, I'm trying to think if I've, mom and dad had that when they came to San Diego. I, I, even I met the owners. I, um, and a lot of people mentioned how bad hotel shampoo and conditioner is. And like, it really is, even when they, it's a nice hotel. Mm -hmm. I have a conspiracy theory that it's Costco, like a diesel Costco size of soft soap. (laughs) It's always a creamy white consistency with a vague smell. I think it's just soap. It could be. And and have you seen though lately they've stopped doing the mini bottles and now it's just like, yeah. you have to like press the, uh, it's like you're getting hand soap. Oh, yes. So it's just it's soap. like hand soap. <laughs> it's not real. I know, I've been, I know. I started bringing my own shampoo and conditioner because I went to yeah. one too many weddings where, because bad shampoo like and conditioner oh. affects your hair texture oh. in a real way. Real way. And I'll be so frizzy if I don't have the right shampoo or conditioner. Agree. Do you feel like if, like, let's say in real life, I call myself, mm, depends on the market, a seven. (laughs) I do feel like when I travel, I go down two to three points. I, I, I Based on people you see in planes or No, me, cities. myself. I always feel two to three points less pretty. Oh. I can't make myself look as good in another location as I can in my own home. And I wasn't sure if anybody else relates to that. But I almost always disappoint myself for weddings and special occasions. Fun. Like, I just, do, do you feel, I just feel like my hair doesn't cooperate and I can't get my face and lashes like right. your own wedding? Yes. <laughs> like, I don't, I didn't right. look good at my own wedding. No, I'm not saying that. I mean, you, I just know you didn't feel Oh, I know like, that's what you're you saying. You didn't like your hair. Yeah. Right. I, I can't, I need like almost to be, it's like, it's an away game. And <laughs> that's to so use sports terms for no, you. No, I appreciate that. I think. You don't have a very involved routine. I, my makeup, I can do in less than 60 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Just because, so for me, I it just takes don't. takes me about I do the same thing. Like I, but I don't ever change. Like, no, if I was doing lashes, it would take longer. Yeah. It takes like a couple more minutes for that, but. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I can't relate only because you don't I, have as involved. You don't bring a caboodle. I don't bring a, a caboodle. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> um, did anybody write in about that or is that just you? That I feel less pretty in other markets? Yes. No, but I, I, now that I'm saying that I'm I think it has a little bit to do with hotel mirrors, which t- are often not very flattering. Uh-huh. Like the lighting is totally. usually really jarring. Yeah. Um, and I just think in life, you know, some days you're like, oh, I look great today and like nothing's happening. The times when I want to look the best, it's like, I don't cooperate. Oh yeah. You know? No, I hate with lashes, especially Yeah, if I'm ever in a hurry. Oh God. They're not going on on the first try. A lash emergency. I just actually bought, I bought one of those, uh, like eye width tong tweezer things that 
place and pinch for you. Oh, wait, do you like it? Does it work? Uh, it works better for me because what I'll get a little glue on my hands or on a tweezer and like then stop. I, I as a person that runs late, running late with a lash emergency, oh. it's just yeah, it's gone too far before and I can't do it anymore. So I'm trying to find solutions. Well, and right. And that's not a last, you can't like fix your lashes in the Uber. Like, and lashes are just an embarrassing thing. If it's obvious if you it's, have them on. Right. I know. I know. It bums me out, Kelly. Speaking of mirrors, uh-huh. there's also the opposite problem. Do you ever go like to a dressing room and you're like, oh, wow, this looks oh, great always. on me. Yeah. And then I get home and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is not at all that's what was thing, advertised. That's a thing they do. Well, I think Target does it. It's a thing they do. They, I thought, oh my God, look at look at me in this bathing suit. And then I got home and I was like, oh, I look the same. Like the, a lot of them have elongating mirrors with good lighting, but like the Forever 21s just want to remind you that you're old as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I can see every pore at, in a Forever yeah. 21 dressing room. You probably haven't and been in a Forever 21 dressing room I in a long time. But I mean, I think feel the same with like, um, uh, like a Marshalls or TJ Maxx. Oh God. But it's dust actually bunnies the in dust the bunnies. And, <laughs> but, but the lighting in those mirrors is a great place to have tweezers. Yeah. It's perfect for, <laughs> yes, it's perfect for like inspecting Clean your up. pores. Yeah. But what is with the dust bunnies? They're like, they're all over. I mean, it's really gross. Do, do they, I don't understand. It, I know the dressing rooms are clean. I always get so hungry when I'm shopping at a Marshalls. Why? I don't know, but it's to the point where I start to romanticize the veggie chips at the point oh, of purchase. you've reached a dark place. I know. I usually get the sour gummies and stuff. That's not where I got yours. I got yours at Foxtrot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I actually, I, I remember my question. Okay, so there was this Call Her Daddy ep- episode clip I saw on TikTok. Yeah, and um, it was Alex Cooper talking to Kathy David, Larry David's daughter. Larry David's daughter goes in on Alex for, so she w- wore a sweatsuit on the plane plane and then later on in the trip she wore that outfit again and the other girl thought it was so foul that she would ever use her plane clothes again after the trip there and I thought that would never cross my mind no okay that's not gross but I feel like you wear your bulkiest thing on a plane so you can use it later right you either like wear the you know the clunky gym shoes or something or like the heavy coats yeah like I'm gonna wear I wore my jean jacket It's too bulky. To it doesn't fold well. Yeah. And I might wear and the same pockets. dress, but it, it makes it easy. Yeah. Oh yeah. You like to travel in a maxi dress. I do. It's like wearing a blanket. Yeah. Um, a lot of people said they don't understand how so many people travel and like a lot of TikTokers will travel in kind of like a, a workout top sports bra crop top. And people are like, isn't it gross to have your skin on the seat? And I'm like, I don't know. Isn't your forearm touching it? Yeah. I, I learned a lot about that. Reading through these, I learned a lot about myself. Like, am I gross? because people were doing things that I just don't find that, weird at all. Right, that you just like do. I get it. I know. But that's again, you know, the beauty of uh, everyone having an opinion. Good for speech. you, not for me. Exactly. I think um, the thing that drove people the craziest about what influencers do is like how, like who has time at departures outside the sky cap before you go in to take a cute photo with your stacked luggage and your plane outfit. Right. That is like a deeply unrelatable thing that I agree that most people can't do. And a lot of people are confused by um, uh, like colored luggage, light colored luggage and designer luggage, which I agree. If I bought a $5,000 suitcase, it seems crazy to check it. Or, or but get again, it you're stopped. using the Pathfinder from Christmas 02. <laughs> 
So guess I'm not the right best audience. (laughs) I don't think we're the best people to talk about this. I, but like I, to me, I would not spend $5,000 right on luggage because it's going to get scuffed. Mm -hmm. It's even if you, even if it's carry on and you put it up in the bin, like other people are Mm -hmm. moving things around. My pathfinder is coming right for it. Mm. Your pathfinder is the, is the arrow star of luggage. (laughs) It, It really is. And when I, I when I pulled it out because I was like, oh, I need to take the big, uh, like I said earlier, big carry on. Um, my it had a Kentucky, uh, like name, whatever you call it, like your the license there is five. Plate? No, like you know the um, the luggage tag that you did for your save the date. This come away with us. Yeah, come away with us. I still have the luggage tag, and it saw my Kentucky address on there. That's the last time I used this bag. Oh, girl, <laughs> five years ago. Everyone in the family, I think, is come away with us luggage tags. That was cute. It was so cute, honestly. Hot tip, guys: don't order if you want to be cheap. Don't order things from like okay, support local business. Obviously, support Etsy shops, but don't if you want to be cheap, use corporate promo sites. So like I went oh. to a corporate trade show site for people going to like, you know, op symposiums or like tech conferences. Mm-hmm. And that's where I got them. And they would have cost me six times as much on Etsy. Yeah. A luggage tag's a luggage tag, you know? It's a very nice one. Um, oh yeah. Did that, you do that as a save the date? Yeah, it was. I sent people luggage tags. And then, so the problem was the inside what like on the tag where it said name, address, city, state, it was like name, location, date, time, website. Yeah. yeah. And then you had to take the card out and there was something on the back, but nobody took the card out. And there was like a cute picture of us on the back. Yeah. But nobody took the card out. That was, so that was kind of a problem. And it's kind of a problem when your save the dates cost like $3 to ship, you know, just like I had to send people packages, which was like, it's a good thing you got them more than I bargained for. Yeah, for sure. Kelly. Um, hold on one second. I'll hit the last. Okay. Read bugs. Um, so, okay. I, I, I don't, you and I do not mess around with bugs. We both no. really hate bugs, like excessively so. Yeah. So I was like making sure your your room was all trapped and ready for bugs, like because <laughs> you're by the basement door. No, and I, I know appreciate you hate yeah, bugs. Yeah. Um, and then I saw like three ants in my kitchen. And we all know when you see a few, there's a million. Mm-hmm. Isn't that the rule? Mm-hmm. I thought you were going somewhere else with this though. So I got... Like I dropped everything and I spent a whole afternoon. I got every Girl. bug trap, bug mega sprayer. You have so many. Cause I don't, didn't want ants. Right. Uh, <laughs> and it turned out they were just coming in from the back porch by the door. Yeah. And they were, con- and no other traps even had a single ant in it besides that. And whatever, we figured it, that part out. But, and also I use the pet safe ones that it's, it's basically like a sugar liquid. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hid them. But um, when I cleaned the apartment before you came, I there were two spots where I like moved the thing blocking the ant trap from Tugboat. And I came in the room. Tugboat had taken my ant traps and dragged the ant attractor all throughout the first floor, therefore attracting all the ants and trapping none of them. <laughs> 
Like it's literally the worst thing you could do. So I spent one of my days scrubbing the floors, which was fine, but it was just kind of a comical thing where oh my no, he that's literally so knows bad. the exact worst that's, thing you could do right, at any that's moment. So bad. So I don't know if we're going to come home to an infested house. You we might. haven't had a problem yet, Kelly. We'll make sure that you, you know, well, actually though, if Tug won't be here, maybe you could put down like the, like the raid one. Yeah. Well, I, I'm going to do that before For we the leave. Kitchen. Yeah. He's kind of a rude guy. I mean, you know, he just goes about his business. He just wants to hang out in my luggage. I think that like, I, I don't judge most travel behaviors. I just think, common human decency tends to go out the window because it's kind of like a pressure cooker mm -hmm. of a lot of unpredictable situations that brings out the worst in people. Yeah. But generally speaking, I have a nice time and I'm hopeful for a smooth travel day for us the I next agree. couple of days. I agree. Are I'm you hopeful too? Are you excited for some um, chewy, mouthy <laughs> wines? <laughs> I'm very excited for some chewy, mouthy wines. Some white ceramic shopping. I know. I know. I am. I'm, I'm, I, I'm very, I've been looking forward to this for years. Me too, girl. Hopefully it's be great. Hopefully all goes well. Thank you for joining me. I feel like it's a fun tradition when we're doing something to be able to complain about it and have people give us the B of the D that <laughs> once a quarter, we'll just complain about a topic right. together. Well, it's great. And hopefully again, everyone knows. It's, you know, yeah. all in jest. Like it's, you know how I feel. Yes. I always get so paranoid, but I, um, yeah. I, I it's just travel is a funny thing because when you're traveling for fun, it's just different. When you're traveling for work, it is work. Like it's just not fun travel. So it's not wanderlust for work. No, it's really, literally like you are, there's a million things that you're, that are going on and you're away from your home for it. So that's just why I jokingly earlier brought up the business versus, um, you know, fun lines. You know, Kel, you're going to get canceled. I'm going to not sleep tonight. I think what we learned is not all who wander are lust. You know, that is a great, great way to end this segment. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if anyone needs uh, something, you know, to, to do, uh, flash back 10 years like we just did and go look up the funny uh, SNL, SNL clips on YouTube. Oh, I was telling Kelly that SNL got funny when Lizzo came on. Yeah. Because the Black Eyed Peas sketch was so good and the TikTok sketch was so good. And I'm the always TikTok telling so you good. guys, why aren't they talking about things that people, people that love pop culture watch SNL. SNL is no finger on the pulse of actual pop culture. Right. And even the way they did the Depp Heard trial missed the mark. Did you see that last week? No, I didn't see last week's. They just are like, oh, he's kind of missing the mark unless they did. Ugh. I love the Anna Delvey sketch. I love Black Eyed Peas and the TikTok one was so good. And so Kelly and I, one of our favorite pastimes is going down YouTube rabbit holes. Big time When I holes. visited her during COVID, we just watch 80s and 90s sex ed videos. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the guy with the mouth? We like From like the 1940s, like Leave it to Beaver. Yeah, yes. that was so bizarre. But also then, remember the um, Irish Catholic? Yes. <laughs> Some people call it a John Willie. <laughs> your irish is spot on thank you girl that's so nice <laughs> all right kelly um as the italians say ciao bella ciao ciao buona notte talk to you soon 